MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. The Motor Racing Network presents via satellite the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Tonight, the Bush 500 from the Bristol International Raceway. Sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer, Head for the Mountains of Bush by STP Corporation. Depend on proven performance. STP, your car care company. By Pontiac. At Pontiac, we build excitement. By Wrangler Brand. Limit to the limit in Wrangler. By Skull Moist Smokeless Tobacco. A pinch is all it takes. By Piedmont Airlines, the up-and-coming airline. By Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco. Time after time, the quality comes through. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher, give your body what it's thirsty for. By Timex Watches, the official timepiece of NASCAR. By Union Oil Company, the winning spirit rides with you every time. By Chameleon Sunglasses, the official NASCAR sunglasses. And by Ocean's Eleven Resorts on beautiful Daytona Beach. The green flag is out at Bristol International Raceway. They're in the back stretch for the first time. It is Jeff Bodine with Tim Richmond. They are side by side as they come out of turn four, lap one. Jeff Bodine is going to lead the first lap of the Bush 500. He does it by a full car length. Now they tuck in single file as they hit turn one. And there are problems on Phil Parsons' car. He was feverishly working the gear shifter as he came by us off the pace in turn three. Bodine leads the pack into turn three. Richmond is second. Bonnard is up to third. Labonte fourth. Back in fifth is Bill Elliott riding in sixth now as Darrell Waltrip seventh is Ricky Rudd, and eighth is Dale Earnhardt. They'll run single file for a lap or two here to kind of feel the race surface. It's been hot all day when they've been practicing, so it's going to be a completely, totally different race surface for a while. They're back in three. One car that has been taking a bit of a higher groove already through the turns, but does not this time is Ron Bouchard. He's gathered it back in after going high the last two times by. Field rounds out of turn two. And as they come back towards turn three on the short straightaway, Bodine by a car length and a half over Tim Richmond, Neil Bonnet third, then Labonte and Bill Elliott. Well, Mike Joy, we were saying that Jeff Bodine didn't think maybe his car was running quite as fast as some of the others, but he's showing it right now. He has about a two-car length length lead over Tim Richmond. But some of the faster cars that was clocked this afternoon were Darrell Waltrip and the Piedmont Airlines car of Terry Labonte. Those will be two to watch here tonight. I think there'll be a lot of quick cars, particularly the first two or 300 laps here in the Bush 500. As they head back into turn number one, they're still running single file all the way back through 30th position for that matter. Bodine is still the leader. No change all the way up through the front of the pack from exactly the way they started. Bodine is the leader. Richmond hangs on to second. Bonnet's third. Fourth right now is Labonte. Fifth is Elliott. Sixth is Waltrip. Seventh is still Ricky Rudd. Back in the eighth position is Dale Earnhardt. And still in ninth spot, that's Tommy Ellis. They're back in one and two. Dave Marcus is tenth in single file with Harry Gant golding the eleventh spot. Great behind Gant, Morgan Shepard in twelfth. He's dropped two spots on the start. He smokes his tires with Greg Shacks in thirteenth. Back toward turn one another time. Seven laps complete. Sterling Marling having a lot of trouble. A challenge back in fifth spot. It was one of the Budweiser Chevrolets trying to move in and around the slower car of Bill Elliott. Elliott might have bobbled for a half inch and trying to take advantage of that as Waltrip on the low side. Darrell Waltrip tries to scoot up a notch, and he does so as he works his way to the front. Now, remember, this has been Waltrip's racetrack for the last four or years almost. He has just completely dominated it in Junior Johnson's car. Has seven wins in a row going for his eighth tonight. He's very confident that he can get it done. 
They'll already lap the tail end of the field as they catch Jimmy Means. The leader is still Bodine, but the battle is heating up for that second spot right now as they work back into turn one. Tim Richmond, who's taking a higher groove, going around Jimmy Means' car, trying to hold off a challenge to the inside by Neil Bonnet. Bonnet stays single file with Labonte in the fourth spot, and right behind him, Darrell Waltrip. Ned, the cars look like they're bouncing around quite a bit. I imagine the new surface here has quite a lot to do with that. There um, seems to be a lot more bouncing than we've seen here before. Well, there's a lot of bouncing coming off a turn. Oh, trouble. Oh, trouble in the front straightaway. Kyle Petty is out of control, goes backwards into the inside retaining wall, and caution is on the speedway for the first time this evening. Kyle came out of turn number four, looked like the car just broke loose and went backwards into the wall. He's right in front of Ned Jarrett. It is backed into the wall. There's smoke coming from the car, but I suspect that's tire smoke as he heated those tires up, spinning down the front straightaway. Here he has the car fired, Barney. He's waiting for the traffic to get by. Kyle was really trying to battle his way up through the pack and had gotten crossways a couple times before. Doesn't look like there's too much damage to the car. There's a little damage on the right rear quarter panel. He should be able to continue, but he's already gone one lap down. Eli Gold had mentioned that Phil Parsons had a problem on the start of the race. Apparently he couldn't get the gear shift to work right. He did get it in high gear and was uh, running fine then, so this will give him an opportunity to catch up to the back of the field. So the caution is out quickly here at Bristol, Tennessee. Jeff Bodine, the pole sitter, is the leader. Tim Richmond, the outside pole sitter, runs in the second spot. Kyle was having about the same. And in third, Neil Bonnet. In fourth, Terry Labonte. Fifth, Darrell Waltrip. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Seventh, Ricky Rudd. Eighth is Dale Earnhardt. Ninth is Tommy Ellis. And tenth is Dave Marcus. We'll Mike. be right back. Getting set for a restart here at Bristol Raceway. 13 laps in the book. It's Bodine in a Chevrolet, Richmond in a Pontiac. The Chevrolets then of Bonnet, Labonte, and Waltrip as they come down the front stretch for the restart. Pace cars behind the pit wall. It'll be a single file start as they drop the green. They get at it in a hurry. There are a lot of cars. They're trying to get around and doubling up up in the fourth turn, and we might have a penalty from some of the NASCAR officials on that one. Meanwhile, the battle up front scoots out of turn number two. It's Bodine. Bodine with Tim Richmond chasing him in a hurry. Terry Labonte is in third place with the two Budweiser cars, Bonnet in fourth and Waltrip in fifth. Dale Earnhardt and Tommy Ellis really giving it a hammering job going around the corners right now. Earnhardt tried to get underneath Ellis coming into the corner. We may watch that battle for a while as he tries to move up there in the back stretch. And in the back pit area, the hood is still up on Kyle Petty's car. But as the leaders work their way through turns three and four, the Chevrolets of the Bonnet and Waltrip team banging off one another. Well, Waltrip snuck underneath Bonnet, and indeed Darrell got the fourth spot. So as they round out of turn two, Bodine's the leader. Richmond holds second. Third is Labonte. Fourth is Waltrip. Bonnet is now fifth. Then it's Bill Elliott in the fourth. Tommy Ellis, then Earnhardt, then Ricky Rudd. Back joined uh, Terry Labonte was the heads-up driver on the restart there. He slipped right past uh, Neil Bonnet, no problem at all, and now he's up there battling with Tim Richmond. As we pointed out earlier at the top of the broadcast, his car, the Piedmont Airlines car, was one of the fastest in practice here this afternoon. Field a little bit strung out right now. The leader is Jeff Bonite. He has a full car length on the second place car of Tim Richmond. Labonte looking for an opening to move up into that second spot. He seems awfully strong. Car is sticking well in the corners. Right behind him is Waltrip in the fourth spot. About four car lengths then back to Neil Bonnet and Bill Elliott. They're in turn three. And behind those cars, another three or four car lengths back to Tommy Ellis. The two Wrangler cars, first Dale Earnhardt, then Ricky Rudd, followed by Marcus and Gant. The new sealer that they put on the racetrack here at Bristol, a lot of apprehension about it last week when Dale Earnhardt and the Wrangler team came over here and tested. It was very slippery. They put a second coat down, took a lot of the sand out of it, and has really tightened up the racetrack. And when we say tighten up the racetrack, Benny Parsons, who is standing by with Ned Jarrett, can tell us what that means. It really means they can do some better racing, Benny. I think the racing is going to be excellent. As a matter of fact, Darrell Waltrip 
who qualified about fifth fastest but is not content as Terry Labonte passes Tim Richmond going in turn three and is probably going to take Darrell Waltrip with him. These guys are passing on the outside. They can, in fact, run side by side tonight, Barney. We'll see quite a bit of that, too. They're doing it right now for the second spot. Down to the inside, it's Labonte. That Piedmont Airlines car just stuck there. Richmond on the outside, and Labonte gives him a little shove up in the outside lane. He's crowding him a bit and takes away the number two position. Here comes Waltrip going underneath Richmond. He's trying to move up into third position. He's going to do it. Now, Waltrip will take his time. He's in no hurry, but he knows that car will get it done. He says there's no pressure on him tonight to win number eight. It's just another race. But you know in the back of his mind, it's not the case. They're back in three. Bill Elliott closing in right behind Neil Bonnet. Those cars running in the fifth and sixth position. They're tightening it up off turn four. Right behind them, Tommy Ellis is seventh. Earnhardt is eighth. Rudd is ninth. Marcus is tenth. Harry Gantz, eleventh. Twelfth, Ron Bouchard. Thirteenth is Allison. Fourteenth is Rutman. In the back in the 15th spot. That'll be Morgan Shepard as right. he heads to turn number three, followed by Greg Shacks, Mike Alexander, Richard Petty, and Rusty Wallace rounding out the top 20 cars with 24 laps on the board. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're back at the Bristol International Raceway for the Bush 500. We're 28 laps into the event here this evening, and we see a lot of tire smoke coming off the cars here, and that's because the racetrack is so tight. The battle on the speedway right now still be for that second spot. It's Waltrip tangling with Terry Labonte. He's had a fender up alongside him a couple of times as the Tennessee fans are cheering him on. But again, as they come out of the fourth corner, he drops back. And Eli Goldie's having a little trouble dealing with Terry Labonte in the early going. Waltrip seemed to be able to come off the corner and get beneath Terry Labonte, but Terry was beating him consistently towards turn number three. We're also seeing that visual effect of the cars bottoming out as they go into the high bank turns here, and the sparks begin to fly, something that'll be far more vivid later as nightfall continues here to fall in the Tennessee Hills. Bodine passing us now, going by Buddy Arrington into turn number three. And still Labonte in second, holding off Waltrip in third. There's about a second interval back to the second and third place cars as Terry Labonte is getting a little racing room, a little breathing room right now. And Waltrip's going to work on Labonte on the outside, at least in the south end of the racetrack, or north end of the speedway, I should say, as he tried to go around him on the outside down in turns one and two. Waltrip's car, Benny, as you take a look at it, you can tell it's working just about any way he wants it to. I'm impressed, Barney, very much so, because... You're right. Darrell Walter can run low. He can pass good cars on the outside. It looks like that eight in a row is a very real possibility. Back to the third position right now. That's still being contended by Neil Bonnet trying to take it away from Tim Richmond. And fifth spot, still Bill Elliott riding along in six is Earnhardt. Then it's Tommy Ellis, Ricky Rudd and Dave Marcus as they work back to turns three and four. Tim Richmond holding off that challenge. He seems to be more content this weekend than in a long time. Neil Bonnet tries Richmond to the inside, halfway down the back straightaway, but Tim shuts the door quickly in the corner. Neil Bonnet and Bill Elliott trying to run down Tim Richmond for third spot. Richmond had a good qualifying run, and his name has been right at the forefront of silly season lately. We've got several comments with Richmond. We'll pass along to you. As the evening goes on, right now coming to the start-finish stripe, Jeff Bodine with a one-second lead. Then it's Labonte, Waltrip right on his bumper, and then that three-car battle for the fourth spot. Challenge for second out of two. And Waltrip trying the high side on Terry Labonte. This time, Terry just about squeezes him into the wall, but it gives him enough room to get by, and Waltrip stays side-by-side side off turn four. Waltrip hangs it on the outside. That apparently is going to be the place he chooses to pass. They'll catch some traffic down in turn number one and have to move around a couple of lap cars. Cars. Clark Dwyer is directly ahead, and Waltrip makes the pass coming off turn two. Darrell has the high side and cuts down in front of Labonte.
Labonte in at number three quarter. So Walchip winning that battle. Labonte now back to third, followed by Richmond, Bonnet, and Elliott. On the backstretch, Ned Jarrett is with the Kyle Petty car. Ned? Barney, we're standing by. Kyle Petty is helping to work on that 7-11 board. The front steering is out of alignment on it, so they're trying to set the toe in and adjust the steering. And right in front of him is Jimmy Means and the Broadway Motors car. That car has an ignition problem. So that's a story on Kyle Petty and Jimmy Means. They will try to get both those cars back into the race. Richard Petty and Greg Sachs have been having their own private little battle for the last six or seven laps around, and Sachs is really smoking those tires as he goes through the corner. Now Richard decides to pass on the outside, thinks better of it as they go up through the corner. And Benny Parsons, as we look down in these turns, we're seeing an awful lot of cars take that high line. Junior Johnson speculated this afternoon that before the evening is over, more than half the field will be running right against the guardrail almost up there. I tell you what, that's hard to believe. It's something that we haven't seen at Bristol in many, many years. But I have never seen Darrell Waltrip run the, exactly the line that he's running tonight. He is running a lot higher than I expected him and a lot higher than I've seen in the years past. Outstanding Petty. racing going on right now. Go ahead, Mike. Petty gets by the Saks automobile, as does Rusty Wallace. That's back at 16th position. But, Barney, as you're saying, all the way through the field, there's some good battles right from the drop of the green flag. Well, we're seeing it all the way back through the field. Bobby Allison has been dueling pretty hard with Ron Bouchard. Also, Joe Rutman is in that pack of traffic, along with Dave Marcus, and then directly ahead of him, a heck of a battle earlier between Dale Earnhardt and Tommy Ellis, as Earnhardt's car is working real well here tonight, too. He likes the Bristol track. He's liked it since day one. When he came here, he won his first Grand National race at Bristol. That kind of pumps him up. He says, wherever you win your first one, it's kind of like your first love. It's something you never forget. And Earnhardt's moving up in the field right now. As we complete lap 43 across the stripe, it is still Jeff Bodine in front. Bodine been very impressive on the short tracks this year. He held off Darrell Waltrip at Nashville, Tennessee a few weeks ago to kind of beat them at their own game. It's going to be awfully hard for him to do it here tonight as Ronnie Thomas's car slows down the Motorsports Designs car. He is being lapped just limping around the field as the front three cars head back into turns one and two and over to Eli Gold. And right now Jeff Bodine needs to pick his way through race traffic. He'll lap Dick Brooks who gives him plenty of running room. Now he goes by Ronnie Thomas and closes in on the Mike Alexander car but he can't shake Walter. 44 laps complete. Bodine the leader. He has two short track victories, Martinsville and Nashville to his credit. Nashville where he beat Walter by a car length. They're in the one and two positions now. They're about five lengths apart. We'll be back to Bristol International Raceway after this. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Dale Earnhardt, well, thought he had the fourth spot. He didn't. Tim Richmond continues to hold him off. That's the hottest battle on the racetrack at the moment. Bodine the leader, Waltrip in second, Labonte, Richmond, and Earnhardt the front five. Tonight's broadcast of the Bush 500 aired on a record 124 stations in 21 states across the United States, many receiving the broadcast via satellite. 50 of 500 laps are complete at Bristol International Raceway. This is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. 
at the Bristol International Raceway in the Bush 500. A heck of a battle going on right now between Dale Earnhardt and Tim Richmond and Neil Bonnet and Bill Elliott. All four of those cars running door to door as they work off turn two. And as they come off the corner, Earnhardt using the inside of the racetrack gives Richmond enough room to the high side. But Tim, will, well, he's going to go and try it here. He'll pull alongside Earnhardt coming off the number four corner. Mike Joy, we've watched these two young drivers race for the last three or four years. There seems to be something that goes haywire in their heads, so to speak, when they start racing each other. I've never seen two guys run each other any harder on a racetrack than Dale Earnhardt and Tim Richmond. I think so, Barney. They're, they're compared an awful lot in the press. They have similar driving styles. They're both very aggressive. A lap, two laps ago, Richmond made a little bobble down in turn one, caused him to slide up the racetrack. Earnhardt was right underneath him there. And now, Eli Gold, as he comes to you, he's moving away. He is pulling away for the moment as they go by the slower car of Mike Alexander. Pulling away, of course, in this evening's vernacular is about two and a half car lengths, and that's what it stands at right now. Pulling into the back pits is Trevor Boys in the 48 car of James Hilton. He'll go in for an early pit stop. He has a right front tire flat on that car, Barney. He was lucky to keep it out of the wall. He is into the pits now. He'll get his service and head back out. And incidentally, Kyle Petty is still in there. They're still working in that car, hoping to get him back. Meanwhile, on the racetrack, Darrell Waltrip has closed right up on the bumper of Jeff Bodine, has been beginning to put a little heat on him. Terry Labonte is locked in that three-way battle for the lead as they come off turn four. Waltrip takes a look on the inside of Bodine, nothing going there, and trails him back into turn number one. But right now, race traffic is a factor all the way around the speedway, and Bodine cannot make a bobble, or Waltrip will have the lead. They're back in three. At the same time, Darrell thought he had a good run coming off the number two corner a few laps ago, Bonnie, but he came up on the slower car of Greg Sachs, and that stopped his move. A couple of laps later, again, Waltrip got a good running jump on Bodine, came up on the slower car of Buddy Arrington and could not make a move, but Darrell has been decisively strong off the number two corner. They come past us now, heading into the number three turn, and he just hounds away on Bodine. Another good race back at ninth spot. Ricky Rudd moves up alongside Tommy Ellis. They are ninth and tenth, and right with them, Bobby Allison, Joe Rutman, Harry Gant, and Dave Marcus as they come off turn number four. Ellis will lose a couple of spots in that procession. But there's good racing all the way through the field here, Barney, and that's a little different from what we've seen in the, in, uh, the past since the only, before they resealed the track. The only thing that really seems to be of any concern is that, that Goodyear tires are really putting out a lot of smoke, and that, as we said as we came on the air, is the fact that the racetrack is much tighter, meaning the cars are sticking much better in the corner. And Ned or Benny, what kind of problem will that present? Will it maybe bring them into the pits a little bit early? I think it probably will because... Uh, Darrell Walter tried Jeff Bodine on the outside, was not able to get by. But, yes, I think that they probably will not run as far as they normally would because they want to look at those tires. The one fellow who is doing exactly what Junior Johnson said is going to happen is Ronnie Thomas. But that's not unlike Ronnie Thomas. He's right up high on the outside guardrail and running pretty strong. Tell you what, Ronnie Thomas, if he could get himself in a first-class ride, I think would have a shot at becoming a superstar in this business. There's nobody that wants to do it any worse than he does. Heading back into turn number one, good battle going on between Neil Bonnet. That's for fifth position, and Bill Elliott. Elliott's going to come away with it, and Ron Bouchard will slip by Neil Bonnet to move up into sixth spot. That drops Neil back to seventh. The eighth position now will be Tim Richmond, still hanging on to ninth. That's Ricky Rudd. Tenth is Bobby Allison. Eleventh is Joe Rutman. Dave Marcus is twelfth. Thirteenth is Harry Gant. As they work back into turn number one, it's hard to pick out a race to really follow because it's good all the way around the racetrack, as you said, and with the racetrack tightened up, I think we're going to see that all night long. We're 66 laps into the Bush 500. 
Ron Bouchard moved up past Neil Bonnet, and Bouchard is a driver that feels this track owes him one. The last two times they've been here, he's he's had a pole, they've run well, but running out of gas or a miscue in the pits or the timing of a caution flag has cost him, and they feel they've got a halfway decent shot to win this thing tonight. 67 laps are on the board, and it's still, well, it's not even a car length as Darrell Waltrip puts his front bumper underneath the deck lid of Jeff Bodine's Chevrolet as they come off turn number four. Terry Labonte rides in the third spot. Those three cars have about a quarter of a lap on fourth place Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt has a lot of breathing room now that Bill Elliott has won that drive for fifth spot. Bouchard is sixth, Bonnet is seventh, Richmond's now eighth, Rudd is ninth, and Bobby Allison, who started 15th, has moved his way up to 10th ahead of Joe Rutman. And the leader has caught Richard Petty. Jeff Bodine has run right up on the rear deck lid of Richard Petty's STP Pontiac, and Petty is in danger of going a lap down. They're going to split him up as they come off turn two, or it looked as though they were for a second. Richard started 19th. The leader's breathing down on him, and Waltrip looks at the high side of Bodine. Bodine caught behind Petty. That's the opening. Waltrip won it the move he's been waiting for he finds it gets Bodine hanged in behind Richard Petty and Waltrip is gone he is in the lead right now let's see if he can stay up there as Bodine chases him down the backstretch Waltrip just biding his time and finally got the break he needed when Bodine ran up on Richard Petty but now Bodine is doing the hunting and he's not letting loose either there's an awful lot at stake for Junior Johnson and his Budweiser team tonight here at Bristol they will set a record that could maybe stand for 10 years, three years, who knows what, if Darrell can win eight in a row. I asked Junior this afternoon about his success here at Bristol and how much pressure is on you tonight. Well, Barney, this place here has been good to us, and we, you know, have had some real good cars here and good drivers, so the pressure basically is on everybody else. They know what we've come here for, and we, uh, we've proved that time and time in the past, so uh, I don't think the pressure's on us. I think it's on somebody else pretty well said by Junior Johnson as his car is suddenly at the head of the field. Waltrip's in the lead. Bodine rides in the number two spot. Labonte is still third as they work traffic off turn two. Labonte right now has fallen a goodly bit behind Jeff Bodine, separated by two of the slower cars, Buddy Arrington and Morgan Shepard, but then behind Labonte, it's a long way back to the fourth place runner, Dale Earnhardt. Kyle Petty still in the back pits in the 7-11 Ford along with Jimmy Means' car. They're hoping to get both those back in. Tim Richmond really hangs it out in turn number four, and Richmond had it about 15 degrees out of shape, did a good job of keeping that one out of the wall. He really smoked those tires as he came off the fourth corner. Gets it back in a straight line and tucks into traffic, but Richmond is going back through the field right now. He's lost several positions since the start. Fifteen cars in the lead lap as the leaders, Waltrip and Bodine, dispense with lap traffic quickly. Let's update Kyle you, Kyle Petty. Yes, Eli? Kyle Petty broke away from his pit area after repairs. He's gone about 100 yards or so up pit road towards the number three turn. The car stalled. His crew comes running after him, and now the car refires, and he's back on his way. He'll be about 60 laps off the pace, make that 66 laps off the pace. As he comes and tries to get back up to racing speed, the leaders move past Waltrip. Bodine running 1-2, about two seconds back to Terry Labonte in third, and then the length of a straightaway back to the fourth-place car, Earnhardt. He's moved away from Bill Elliott, Ron Bouchard, Neil Bonnet, and that battle behind them along with Ricky Rudd and Bobby Allison. They're in the backstretch. Bobby Allison right now has to move, and he goes beneath Ricky Rudd on a sharp piece of driving. Ricky Rudd found himself sandwiched in and around Ronnie Thomas and Joe Rutman, and Bobby just took the low road and picks up a position. 78 laps are complete in the Bush 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee, and it looks like it's going to be a long night and a good race right down to the checkered flag. They are still trying to repair Bill Elliott's car. He's been on pit road for the third time. And again, let's go back down to Ned Jarrett. 
Well, Benny Parsons is in there, been staying on top of what's going on. They've changed all four tires on it already in two separate pit stops. He's back in right now. They had to jack up, and it fell back down now. Ernie Elliott and some of them up there are literally pulling sheet metal away. Benny Parsons? Yes, they are pulling the sheet metal away, Ned Jarrett. I talked to Ernie. He said there's something involved with the sixth car. I'm going to find out a little bit more. We'll go back to Benny Parsons in a moment. They give him one to go. We do have our radio control with Dick Brooks in the Chameleon car. Let's try to check in with Dick and see how his race is going. Dick Brooks, this is MRN. Can you hear us? Yeah, I got you, Mike. Uh, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're keeping up with the slow cars here. But uh, I'll tell you, that old track is uh, kind of rough, and uh, these guys are running kind of hard. But we're uh, trying our best to keep up. I'll, uh, they're getting ready for a restart here. I'm going to have to go. Check with you later. <laughs> he had a kind of upfront view of the Kyle Petty incident. Said that Kyle and J.D. McDuffie came together. He reported on his two-way radio to crew chief Junie Don Levy. Meanwhile, we're set to go back to racing. 85 laps complete here at Bristol. Pace cars pulling onto pit road, and it's going to be a hot battle again. Darrell Waltrip, good pit work, puts him at the head of the pack as they drop the green on lap 86. And right behind him is Terry Labonte and Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt. The front four break away and head for turn two. Earnhardt having tucked right in behind Jeff Bodine. They come off the corner. The only car not among the leaders in that group is Greg Sachs. Sachs takes the low road, but meanwhile scooting away is Darrell Waltrip by four car lengths. Greg Sachs with new tires all the way around the car, just trying to see what he can do up front and run with the leaders to get a little experience. They're giving him some good lessons right now as they go around him on the outside off turn two, but that has allowed Darrell Waltrip to open up about a second advantage, Eli Gold. He has pulled away, but now Terry Labonte says it's time to try and chase him down, so Labonte breaks loose from Bodine and sets sail after the leader. Remember, Labonte's crew made a chassis adjustment, a pretty good one on that Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. We'll see how it works for it. And they're heading back towards turn number three. Labonte still trails by some six, six and a half car lanes. Then some three car lanes behind Labonte are Bodine, who's being challenged by Earnhardt. Battle is back at seventh spot where Rudd, Allison, and Bouchard, a gaggle of cars there, are all at it in wedge formation. They're going to be two abreast coming off the corner as they work Greg Sachs. It's Allison who will get caught behind Sachs, however, so Bonnet goes by, Rudd goes by, Bouchard goes by, and finally Bobby Allison tucks back in line. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. When the sheet metal gets together, sometimes the tempers flare. And right now, Bodine and Earnhardt come storming off the corner. And Earnhardt's good thing, Barney, that the nose of that front nose of that car is made of rubber because he's had a chance to bash it several times tonight. He and Jeff Bodine have had some hot laps the last three times around. Earnhardt tried to get him on the outside. They came together. Then they came back around another lap. Down on the inside, they came together again as Earnhardt rides along right behind Bodine and trying to take away the number three position. The leader is Darrell Waltrip. He's ahead of Terry Labonte by about 10 car lengths. From Labonte back, it's about a second and a half to Jeff Bodine, who rides third. Fourth now is Earnhardt. Fifth is Neil Bonnet. Sixth is Ron Bouchard. Seventh is Bobby Allison. Ricky Rudd rides eighth. As the top eight cars are all still in the front straightaway, that's just about the separation. Bill Elliott's car is back on the racetrack. They pulled away a lot of sheet metal off the front. Yes, they did, Barney Hall, and I'm back in the booth now. This is Benny Parsons. I talked to Ernie Elliott. The sixth car, driven by Clark Dwyer, was running hot, and water was coming out the overflow, and somehow Bill just simply hit the water and spun and got the outside guardrail. 
That's all it takes at Bristol. You just skitter a little bit and you've got a piece of the rail. Earnhardt comes away with the spot he has gotten underneath Jeff Bodine to move up into the number three position as the leader, Darrell Waltrip, works around Bill Elliott's ailing car. Elliott will stay out there, finish as many laps as he can. He's very high in the Winston Cup point standings and he needs to put in all he can here tonight. Earnhardt, without a doubt, Barney, the most exciting driver on the track tonight. His style is extremely aggressive. It's get me to the front no matter what the cost. And that's been a little tough for Karin or Richard Childress to get used to because Childress was not known as being a particularly aggressive driver. But Richard says, says we've got full shop facility in Winston-Salem. If all he brings back is the steering wheel, we'll just put a whole other car around it for him. Well, I think he's changed an awful lot in that respect, though. Earnhardt knows what his car will do now. He doesn't take near the chances. And he'll probably shoot me for saying this. Some years ago when he first came into Grand National Racing, he drove with his foot, not so much with his head. But in the last year and a half, the boy has really come around. I don't think there's anybody out there. Benny, you've drove against him. There has had been a tremendous change in Dale Earnhardt. He does be, seem to be using his head more this year than any time I've ever seen the evidence of his driving. He really He's aggressive, but yet he's around at the end. And you can't be really too wild and finish these races so he's doing a great job of, of mixing the two being aggressive and using his head well he is the point leader barney i believe they have finished every race this year i don't believe they've fallen out if they've fallen out of one race that would be it i don't think they've fallen out of any races the best i remember i did some statistics on it a few weeks ago when we were at pocono and they and one other car and i may have it somewhere here in the booth that we'll check before the evening is over had finished almost every race in the top four or five so earnhardt by virtue of just driving conservative and only getting aggressive really when he needs to to get himself in victory lane or have a good high finish has put himself in the lead in the Winston Cup points chase. And that's beginning to play on their minds a bit. We're 100 laps or one fifth of the Bush 500 is complete here at Bristol, Tennessee. They announced a little bit earlier that it's a record crowd here tonight. 31,000 folks have jammed into the hills of Tennessee to listen to the thunder tonight in the Bush 500. We're under caution again here at Bristol International Raceway in the Bush 500. Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee has just jammed it into the wall coming out of turn number four. Traffic got three wide coming out of the turn, and Sterling's car got a little bit loose, got out, and got a piece of the outside concrete. And from this side of the racetrack on the right side of the car, quite a bit of sheet metal damage on it over there. But he is still out there and looks like he will be able to continue. Let's hope it's just cosmetic damage. They'll be coming back on pit road. Let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Yes, they are, Barney Hall. Somewhat of a surprise, I guess, that they would come in this early. They were not that long ago, but they'll put new tires on these cars every opportunity to get. And when Darrell Walter brought the Budweiser Chevrolet down pit road, everybody else knew that they had to come in, too. Terry Labonte followed him right down there, and they're going to change all four tires on both of those cars. Jeff Bodine is in. They're changing the right side right now on it. All of them will fill them up with Union 76 gasoline. Bobby Allison getting right side tires on his car, and that's all he took. And Jeff Bodine only took right side tires, so they're going to beat Waltrip and Labonte back out. And Neil Bonnet getting four tires. Earnhardt a good pit stop on the Wrangler Chevrolet. He's going back out, and Terry Labonte barely beats Darrell Waltrip out of the pits. At Bristol, 109 laps of this race have been completed as the leaders complete their pit stops. We're under the third caution of the night. If you joined us late, Jeff Bodine led the first 70 laps of this race. The last 40 have been led by Darrell Waltrip. Ten cars are running on the lead lap at the time of the caution. The first caution came out on the 11th lap when Kyle Petty spun into the inside front stretch retaining wall. Caution number two, lap 81, when Bill Elliott got in some spilled water from Clark Dwyer's car and hit the wall in turn four. And just now, this caution for Sterling Marlin 
hitting the wall coming off turn number four. Some interesting statistics on Dale Earnhardt's run toward the Winston Cup Championship, the reliability they've gotten out of their race car. We'll have those for you in a moment. First, we'll tell you that next weekend at Darlington, it's a big triple header of NASCAR racing. Wednesday, it's Bush Pole qualifying. Thursday, Union 76 Rookie Seminar. Friday, the Comfort Coach 150 for the Darlington Dash Series. Saturday, the Darling 200 Bush Late Model Sportsman Race. MRN goes on the air at 1.45 Eastern Daylight Time with that one. And Sunday, we'll bring you the Southern 500 at 12.45 Eastern Daylight Time. September's a busy month on MRN. The next Sunday, we go to Richmond for the Wrangler 400. Then the Delaware 500 at Dover. Then on the 23rd, the Goodies 500 at Martinsville. And at North Wilkesboro, the Holly Farms 400, September 30th on Motor Racing Network. All these speedways will have the ticket offices open extra hours leading up to their race weekends. So why not make plans right now to attend one of these races? A lot of those ticket offices will be open tomorrow. You can give them a call. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're under caution again at Bristol just as they drop the green flag. A multi-car pileup going down into turn number one involving Joe Rutman's car. Greg Sachs was in it. The 17 car of Morgan Shepard also in there. Buddy Arrington got a P7, and it looked like Kyle Petty might have got a little more sheet metal damage along with Ron Bouchard with the cars we saw. I think Kyle Petty just barely got stopped, Barney. He didn't hit very hard. He, he ran right up to it, did a good piece of driving, but he was able to drive on away. Harry Gant got a little bit of this as well. As they came down for the restart, it was a very slow restart. The cars came off turn number four, got up to speed, and the jostling in the middle of the pack as everybody accelerated really crashed the cars together. The first car to spin was Morgan Shepard in the Roger Hamby car. He went around, slid up to the outside wall, pitching off Ron Bouchard, and from there on back, that's when everybody else got involved and it looked like half a dozen cars with some kind of sheet metal damage. Right now, the Bouchard car and the Gantt cars are in the pits along with Morgan Shepard. Sterling Marlin will be pitting on the backside for crash damage. Tommy Ellis is in, and the Bill Elliott team is taking this opportunity to work on their car as well. Now, we talked about the rubber noses on those Chevrolets. The one on Greg Sachs' car just came completely off the race car as he was involved as it was a chain reaction pileup, just as you'd see on the expressway when one guy stops and everybody else is running in close quarters. The one car here on the back pit area that had the most uh, damage is Joe Rutman, the Levi Garrett car. And Joe's right now unhooking himself. The front of that automobile, Mike and Barney, was pushed back considerably. They raised the hood after prying it loose, and they just kind of started waving their hands at each other. And Joe right now is getting set to climb out of the car. Here is Greg Sachs' car coming back on pit road along with Bill Elliott. And Benny Parsons, we were just about to say when Eli came in there a moment ago, you've driven at Bristol, and, and Ned, you've been coming here, and I think you've ran some races here back in the early days. Really, there's no such thing as a one-car accident on a racetrack like this. No, particularly when uh, just on a, after a restart when the cars are so bunched up. If somebody you know, misses a shift, there's going to be an accident. Uh, the only time you, that it, there can be a one-car accident is a moment ago, Sterling Marlin, ricocheted off the the outside retaining wall, climbed the thing, but he kept going. He didn't stop. Had he stopped, there would have been more cars involved in the wreck. In the wreck. Let's take you down through the field, the way they're running just before everybody pitted, uh, before the first caution a moment ago. There are 11 cars on the lead lap. Now, this includes the Rutman car, uh, which is now being pushed behind the pit wall. So 10 cars are on the lead lap. Waltrip, Labonte, Earnhardt, Ricky Rudd, Allison, Bodine, Harry Gant, Richmond, Marcus, and Bobby Allison. Those cars are on the lead lap. One lap down are Richard Petty, Tommy Ellis, Dick Brooks, uh, the Greg Sachs car before the incident, and also Morgan Shepard. Two laps back, Phil Parsons, this is from 16th position, would be Parsons, 
Mike Alexander and Sterling Marlin. Three laps down, Clark Dwyer and Bill Elliott after that crash damage. Four laps back, J.D. McDuffie and Buddy Arrington. Tommy Gale is five laps down, and Kyle Petty is 72 laps behind as he gets set to come off the back pit road and rejoin the field. There's 116 laps on the board complete here at Bristol, Tennessee, and already we've had four cautions. Looks like it could be a long night at the Speedway. And the latest one again, Harry Gant involved in that. So was Morgan Shepard, Greg Sachs' car, Ron Bouchard, Buddy Arrington. No serious damage on that car. And the most serious damage car was Joe Rutman's. And as Mike Joy reported, they have pushed that behind the wall. And we'll keep an eye on it and see if they get him back into the event. Barney, there's quite a bit of damage also to Ron Bouchard's, the left front of that car. They worked on it, I believe, according to my calculations here. He did lose one lap in the pits. He is back out there now. And they have all the sheet metal, it looks like, pulled away from the tires on the car, but uh, they did have to do a lot of work on that. And Bill Elliott has taken the opportunity of each of these caution flags since he brought one out to come in, and Ernie Elliott and the rest of the Coors Ford have really been Coors crew, I should say, working on that Ford every opportunity. They come in and tear a little more sheet metal away, make some adjustments on it, and then send it back out, Benny. What they're trying to do is, he has a problem because he's knocked away all the, we might have talked about this a moment ago, but he's knocked away all the sheet metal, the duct work for the radiator. So he's having problems getting air through the radiator. It, uh, these cars have to funnel the air in. He's knocked all that funneling away. They're trying to put some uh, form of funneling back in so he can keep the thing cool. Right now he can't run full speed because the engine runs too hot when he tries to do it. He's back in again. They're working on the same thing again. Let's check in with our uh, on-track reporter, Dick Brooks, in the Chameleon Ford. Uh, Dick, that restart, it looked like trying to put 10 pounds of race cars into a two-pound bag down in turn one. You know, unfortunately, that stuff was all behind me. You know, running as fast as I'm running, I was in front of it. But uh, laying all seriousness aside here, we're doing the best we can, having a good time, a heck of a night for a drive. If you're all not here, you just should have come, because I believe we're going to have a lot of fun. You sure had an up-close seat for that Kyle Petty accident on the 11th lap. Yeah, but I've seen that happen on the second lap, so I was kind of waiting for it. Uh, he was uh, like I am. He's just a little bit underpowered, and uh, he'd get up underneath a couple of them boys in the corner, and he couldn't do anything with them on a straightaway. So we finally uh, caught one up just to come off the corner, and uh, that, that turned him around. Now, that's Dick Brooks. He's reporting from inside the cockpit of the race car, number 90, as he rolls along his seventh in line behind the Pontiac safety car. 119 laps are complete as dusk comes to Bristol International Raceway. We'll be right back. We're about set to go back to green in the Bush 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee. Perfect night for racing. Bobby Allison is the leader after that round of pit stops. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine. Then comes Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt. Allison might be the sleeper in the field. When they came here in the spring, Allison just literally demolished everybody before that rear end problem, put him behind pit wall for a number of laps and forced him way back in the field. Gary Nelson told me today, watch my car tonight. We might be there. They are under green again in the Bush 500 as they head back for turn number one with Allison in front. Bodine is right there with him. Let's see how long they can stick together in the backstretch. Well, Bobby pulls away by some three car lanes. Bodine banking off Dick Brooks' automobile. They came together for an eyelash down the back straightaway. Allison up by three car lanes. Out of turn four, back across the stripe, and they move past Dick Brooks. Allison the leader, Bodine in second as they thread their way by. Then Terry Labonte, here comes Waltrip. And Darrell right now having to settle for single file because Brooks' car is to the inside of his automobile, but it's Labonte who breaks formation. He wanted a piece of second. Barney, let's, or Mike, let's remember it's been a while since those cars pitted to have them run that many laps under green, but Allison and 
Jeff Bodine only took on outside tires, while Terry Labonte and Darrell Waltrip took on all four. Let's see what kind of an advantage it might give them. Ned, I think he might just be the sleeper in this race tonight because Bobby Allison, if he can come up with the combination they had here in the spring, he will be tough to deal with, and he came out like a shot out of a cannon on that restart. Not as he stays with that advantage. Bobby Allison stretching it now to some six or seven car lengths. The battle, though, is Waltrip trying to get by the third-place runner, Labonte. Labonte trying to get past second-place Bodine. Tommy Gale was forced to make a pit stop. He was black flagged by NASCAR for jumping the restart. It was a stop-and-go penalty. They decided they'd put some gas in it. Tommy decided he'd take off and dragging the gas can behind him. He went down the pit road. Now they get him back on the racetrack, but he's lost about two laps. Allison is the leader by a full second and a half. Bodine has his hands full with Terry Labonte trying to take away the number two position. Labonte has his hands full of Darrell Waltrip, and Darrell Waltrip is trying to hold off Dale Earnhardt. It is a hot battle from second back through fifth position in front of Eli Gold. And it's different strategies. Labonte, when he had tried to pass, looked to the low side. Waltrip, when he tries to pass Labonte, looked to the high side. Back in turn one, Allison is still the leader. The battle right now that everyone is watching here will be for second spot. Here's Waltrip getting underneath Labonte coming off the corner. Couldn't hang there for a second. He'll drop back into fourth position as that battle continues out of turn four. Well, he really had to get out of the throttle too, Barney, because Waltrip found himself coming out of turn two on the low side fast. And if he didn't lift his right foot, he would have been right into the side of Labonte. Now Earnhardt wants a challenge on the outside. But he couldn't quite make the move off the number two corner, so he'll settle for single file. Labonte, for the moment, have the inside groove going into the turn three, and he'll hang on, or will he, as Bodine challenges him. We've completed 130 laps as they cross the stripe with Allison in front, Bodine riding second, Labonte is third. Walter finally settles in in fourth position, still hanging on to the fifth spot is Dale Earnhardt. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're about to find out what Darrell Waltrip can do. He has dispensed with Jeff Bodine and Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt, broken himself free of that pack of traffic, and now Bobby Allison's Miller time machine is directly ahead, about two and a half seconds in front of him as the Budweiser car tries to chase him down. Let's see if he can do it. They're off turn two. For the moment, Bobby Allison has that comfortable advantage. He's at the midway point of the back stretch as Waltrip enters the back straightaway. Labonte still trying to hang with Darrell. The man who has gotten shuffled in that pack is Bodine as both Labonte and Earnhardt have gotten by him. Yeah, Jeff is going backwards. He's just ahead now of Neil Bonnet as they move a little bit back in the field. Leader is Allison. He's off too. Here comes Waltrip, then Labonte, Earnhardt, Bodine, and Neil Bonnet. Then it's Ricky Rudd followed by the Tommy Ellis machine and Harry Gannis. The leaders come off four. There's a separation of 1.6 seconds from Darrell Waltrip to Bobby Allison when he broke free of that traffic just a moment ago, and we'll keep our eye on him the next three or four laps around. Waltrip has already cut some distance off that. They're back in three. Leaders going by both Buddy Arrington and J.D. McDuffie. For the moment, the leaders stay single file with the exception of Neil Bonnet. He looked to the high side of Bodine. Neil Bonnet and Jeff Bodine getting down to business off turn number four. Bonnet holds on to the spot for a moment, chases Bonine back into turn number one, will try to get around him in the back straightaway, but the crowd right now is watching Darrell Waltrip chase down Bobby Allison as they really smoke those tires out of the corner and head back into turn number one, and Waltrip has cut about four-tenths of a second off the separation he had just a moment ago, and he is definitely reeling him in in the back stretch. And there will be a large pack of traffic uh, to be contended with here within the next uh, four or five laps, certainly, as there are four or five slower cars ahead of Bobby Allison. Eleven cars now posted on the lead lap. The last of those is Rusty Wallace. 
And Waltrip now just 1.2 seconds shy of Allison in the back straightaway. Bobby Allison has clear sailing. Waltrip chasing him down. Labonte can't be forgotten here. Terry still about three car lanes behind Darrell Waltrip. And then another four and a half car lanes back to Dale Earnhardt. Leaders back to turn number one. And indeed, Waltrip is running down Allison. He cut off two-tenths of a second that last lap. They go to the back straightaway. And for the moment, everybody staying in their single-file position. Ronnie Thomas coming off the back pit area after a quick bit of service, and the leaders are back to turn four. Bobby Allison takes it back into turn number one. He's got to look in that mirror and see Darrell Waltrip coming. But Waltrip is not coming that quick, although he's not in any big hurry. As Ned Jarrett said a moment ago, we're on a commercial break. He felt like when Waltrip got free, he'd chase him down, and that's materializing pretty rapidly right now. He's cut it down to about 10 car lengths as they cross the start-finish line, put 143 laps on the board in the Bush 500. Traffic going to be a factor for both these drivers as they work off turn two. Barney, one reason that I felt that Walter might chase him down is the fact that Allison only changed the outside tires on that last pit stop where Alice, where Waltrip and uh, Terry Labonte took on all four. And Benny Parsons on a track like this, there is a lot of pressure on those left side tires, even though when you go into the turns, the momentum is towards the right. But still, on a high bank racetrack, there's pressure on those left tires. The left sides are very, very important here at Bristol, as you mentioned, because the, you go into the turns with so much speed, the left sides is what holds you from sliding up the racetrack, keeps you on the bottom of the racetrack and in the groove. Let's take you back through the field. Bobby Allison is the leader. Waltrip is second. Lavani is third. Fourth is Earnhardt. And fifth is Bodine. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Seventh has the last run down. That's the Neil Bonnet machine. In the eighth spot, Harry Gant. Ninth is Tim Richmond. Tenth, Dave Marcus. Eleventh, Rusty Wallace. Those are the cars in the lead lap. One lap down, Richard Petty, Dick Brooks, Tommy Ellis. We're showing Ron Bouchard a lap down. Greg Sachs, the Morgan Shepard automobile, and Mike Alexander. Two laps back is Phil Parsons. Uh, three laps back is Sterling Marlin. Four laps back, Clark Dwyer and J.D. McDuffie. Five laps down is Buddy Arrington along with uh, the Bill Elliott car repairing the crash damage and Tommy Gale. Ten or more laps behind Kyle Petty, Trevor Boyce, and Ronnie Thomas. Bobby Allison's about to get caught in a piece of traffic coming out of turn number four. Trevor Boyce drops down to the inside. J.D. McDuffie is directly ahead, but right behind Allison, less than two car lengths away is Darrell Waltrip. You've heard us say on Motor Racing Network a lot of times, catching a driver is one thing, passing him is another, particularly at Bristol. But if anybody can do it, the way Waltrip's car has been working, he'll certainly do it here in just a moment. He's right there, a couple of car lengths back as they work back to turn number one. Still a lot of race traffic ahead. They're going to have to thread their way through as they move to Eli Gold's position. Sterling Marlin's car is the one that's directly ahead of the two lead automobiles and a number of cars that are up ahead of them in turns three and four. The leaders work the corners, and they'll just for the moment stay single file. Waltrip pulls up on Allison a couple of car lengths. Benny, I guess it'll be good strategy, too, on Darrell's part, even if he felt like he could just zip on by to ride a lap or two, see what Allison's car is doing in the turns. Oh, I think he's not going to get in any big hurry right now. Darrell Waltrip has led several laps of this race. He has, a, he has the five bonus points for leading. I think that he would like to get those five bonus points for leading the most laps tonight because Darrell Waltrip, ladies and gentlemen, is making his usual late-season charge towards the Winston Cup, and he needs all the points he can get. He's going to try and reel some in here very shortly. They're coming out of turn number four and back to the line. Waltrip cuts it down to about a foot on Bobby Allison's bumper as this crowd of some 31,000 here at the Bristol International Raceway watching a good one tonight. We've had good racing all the way back through the pack, but they're watching the battle for the lead right now. Waltrip scoots into turn number four, comes down the straightaway and completes 153 laps, and it seems like for the moment he's going to be content to ride just where he is. 
Well, a moment ago, it looked like Bobby Allison and Darrell Walker might put a lot of daylight between the rest of the field, and that has not worked at all because here comes Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt is really coming up. They have chased the front two down, and they have made it a four-way battle for the lead, less than a couple of car lengths from Bobby Allison, the leader, and Darrell Walter back to Terry Labonte as they work over in turn number three in front of Eli Gold. And it's Earnhardt is using every last degree of this 36 degrees of banking in the corners because he's going into the turn, rim riding around the racetrack, then coming off the banking and trying to keep the car... Trouble in up. turn four. Harry Gant is out of control. He skittered up and tagged the wall with the skull bandit. Comes all the way down to the apron of the track, and it looks like everyone will be able to get through, but he will bring out the fifth caution flag of the evening here at Bristol. Gant, a lot of sheet metal damage on the right side of the car, is still under power going around the racetrack and running at a pretty good clip of speed, so it looks like it's just going to be cosmetic damage on his car, but it puts him under caution for the fifth time as Harry Gant looped it around a couple of times up in turns three and four and tagged the wall. Barney, he and Ron Bouchard were having quite a battle back in the middle of the pack. Gant was being posted on the lead lap. Bouchard was being shown one lap down, but they were running wheel to wheel. Didn't look like they made any contact, but Gant just skidded up, spun, and hit the wall. So we're under the fifth caution of the day. 164 laps complete. We'll take a moment to congratulate the latest winner in the goodies race for the money sweepstakes, Mr. Robert Hager Sr. of Roanoke, Virginia. Has won two tickets to an upcoming Winston Cup race, $300 cash, and airfare for two people to that race from the city of Roanoke, Virginia, courtesy of Piedmont Airlines. Now, you could be our next monthly winner, or you could be the winner of the grand prize. Two tickets to the 85 Daytona 500 and Goodies 300. An escorted tour of the NASCAR garage area to meet your favorite drivers. Lodging for two for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn and Daytona Beach Shores. Round-trip airfare for two provided by Piedmont Airlines from the closest city they serve to your home. And $1,000 in spending money. All you have to do to enter is send the front panel of any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or the name Goodies Headache Powders written in plain block letters on a 3x5 sheet of paper. Send that with your name, address, and telephone number to Goodies Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. Complete details where you buy goodies. And our congratulations to Mr. Bob Hager. We'll be seeing him soon at an upcoming Winston Cup race, courtesy of Goodies, Piedmont Airlines, and Motor Racing Network. We've had all kinds of pit stops during this caution. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett. Yes, we have, Barney Hall. Practically everybody came in and changed four tires. Darrell Waltrip, and what we could calculate here, beat everybody out in the Budweiser Chevrolet. Uh, Bobby Allison took on four tires this time. So did Terry Labotti and uh, Jeff Bodine. Ricky Rudd was in in the Wrangler Ford and Dale Earnhardt in the Wrangler Chevrolet. They were all racing down pit road. Benny, there was a lot of action up on your end of the pits. Oh, there was a tremendous amount of action. And I watched. I was watching Labonte's pit that time, Ned. He made a chassis adjustment. I did not see any of the rest of the cars make an adjustment. So uh, if he was a little bit off and keeping up as well as he was, he might be... Uh, even better once they throw the green flag. They're about to get one lap to go. That's the second time they've made an adjustment on that Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet, and as you say, he's been running right up there with them, so we'll keep an eye on that car. That car has not gotten really the recognition it deserves this year because Dale Inman has, and the crew has really done a job on Terry Labonte's car. He's had consistent finishes all year, a lot of second-place finishes. Of course, he's been in victory lane uh, a couple of times this year, but they have just seemed to have little things plague them late in the race that has cost them a chance at winning many more races this year. But I think that car in the latter part of the season, probably the last 10 races of the year, might win a couple more before the year is out. They'll go back to green this time around. Barney Hall, I, I agree. This is Benny Barson's down the I, It looks like the car 44 is an extension of Terry Labonte. It very quietly gets the job done. They've got more top five finishes this year than anybody else as they come down for the green flag. 
We are under green after the fifth caution of the night. Darrell Waltrip is the leader as they head back into turn number one. He wastes no time in getting right up through traffic and heading back out there, hanging on to him and trying to keep him in sight, not let him get away, is Jeff Bodine. Right behind him comes Terry Labonte in third. Bobby Allison is fourth as they work off turn number four and back to the line. Good scramble back in the pack. Some of the cars that came off pit road a little bit late trying to get back to the front, Ron Bouchard and Neil Bonnet. They're off turn two to Eli Gold. Neil would be fifth in line trying to work his way through some race traffic. But as Waltrip leads the packet at turn three, he'll pull away by some four car lanes. Bodine has his hands full with Labonte. Bonnet is fifth. Earnhardt is sixth. Ricky Rudd is seventh. Tim Richmond is eighth. Rusty Wallace runs in the ninth spot, and he does real well at this racetrack. Back in the tenth position is Dave Marcus, 11th is Harry Gant. We'll double-check, make sure Gant is still on the lead lap after that spin up in turn four. He may have dropped a lap to the field, but Waltrip is waltzing away from the pack off turn two. And Darrell continues to pull away. Bobby Allison trying to get by Jeff Bodine. Look to the high side off the number two corner. Couldn't make the move. Now Terry Labonte begins to show that muscle. He'll put a car length or two between himself and Bodine pulling away. And Mike Joy, I don't think Harry Gant did lose a lap on that. He got back out, came around, caught up to the field, then made his pit stops. The lap that Ron Bouchard lost was in the pits when he was involved in that accident down in turn one. So he's playing catch up. It's single file all the way back through the top eight or nine positions right now with Walter the leader and having pulled away from Terry Labonte by about, all oh, 15 or 20 car lengths, about the same distance back to Jeff Bodine. Bodine has his hands full with Bobby Allison right now as Allison is trying to take that spot away in the backstretch. And Bobby coming off the high side of the banking finally does get by Jeff Bodine. Now Neil Bonnet will follow his Hueytown neighbor, again using the high side of the racetrack to get by Bodine. So Bodine is going back through the field a little bit. Car seems to be off a wee bit. We're 174 laps into the Bush 500 at Bristol, Tennessee with Darrell Waltrip, the leader, Labonte riding second, about two seconds back to Bobby Allison riding third, and in fourth position now, is Neil Bonnet, and fifth is Jeff Bonine. Some At Bristol, Tennessee, in the Bush 500, we've completed 183 of the 500 laps here tonight. Waltrip is a leader, no big surprise there. Riding along in second spot. About six car lengths behind him now is Terry Labonte. Pretty good distance back of about a couple of seconds to Bobby Allison, the third-place car. Allison has Neil Bonnet right behind him. A couple of car lengths back. Jeff Bonine rides in fifth position. Six is Darrell Waltrip. Ricky Rudd, working his way up through traffic, has picked his way into seventh spot as they string out around the field here at Bristol, Tennessee. It's just an ideal night for racing. Good Arnie, we can mark Jeff Bodine as one of the candidates for the timeliest move of the race. Mm. Boy, he just almost got put into the wall the last time around. He was lapping Clark Dwyer. Clark apparently didn't see him on the outside, went straight to the wall. Bodine got on the binders, went up there with him, and then cut right down under and made a tremendous move. There's a couple of dark places on this racetrack, and I guess Benny Parsons having driven here at night under the lights. It is difficult, Benny, in some places. You, you get to concentrating probably on one or two cars or what you want to do, and maybe somebody else just moves up a lane or so, and it, oh. all of a sudden they're there. <laughs> you Exactly what you were talking I can't talk because I'm so amazed Richard Petty and, and Tim Richmond got together going down the front straightaway. And I think it was a little bit of what you were talking about. The, the darkest spot we have on the racetrack is coming off turn four. If someone drives up beside of you, it's very difficult to see. Richard Petty drove up on the outside of Tim Richmond. Evidently, he didn't see him because there was lots and lots of tire smokes and sparks as they went down the front straightaway. It's a ticklish racetrack, even in daytime or nighttime at Bristol, Tennessee. Fast. Richard Petty's in trouble off turn four. He spins the STP Pontiac right in front of Bill Elliott. No contact there. Elliott did a heck of a piece of driving to get by, and caution is on the speedway for the sixth time this evening. 
Petty brings the STP Pontiac around. Didn't make any contact. Kept it in a straight line once it looped around, and he will go on around the racetrack. And again, pit road will be a beehive of activity. Barney, there was so much smoke coming from Petty's four tires as he came spinning down this front straightaway that the drivers behind him couldn't see him. And amazingly, they did to get by him. So there was some heads-up driving by a lot of drivers. Ron Bouchard was right behind him. He got his car in the right position at the right time and was able to get through there, too. So a good piece of driving by Richard Petty along with the rest of the field to get by. No contact on any of the cars, and it may be a night of yellow fever here at Bristol, Tennessee in the Bush 500. This will be the sixth one of the evening, and we're just at lap 189. Barney, I give Richard a lot of credit in that situation, watching the car come down, and folks at home may wonder how a driver can keep control at that kind of speed with a car going in four directions at once, but petty when the car spun he had the car sliding toward the inside retaining wall and he could look and see the field bearing down on him trying to get to the outside and he kept that car locked up and when it did start to slide back up the racetrack let off the brakes let the car roll so he could turn it back away from oncoming traffic and ned and benny haven't i know you've both been in that situation times before that can't be easy to steer that thing backwards going at that speed with a group of cars rushing down on top of you. It really can, Mike. As a matter of fact, I was watching Richard Petty as he was sliding along, and I thought of watching a Daredevil show because that's what he looked like. He looked like he had the thing under control all the way down the, spinning down the front straightaway, and I just can't believe in my own mind that he did. <laughs> it, it does look a little different when you see it from the infield or from the stand, I guess, is when you see it from the driver's seat when you know you're in control. Exactly right. Uh, we are going to have one lap to go. They're going to throw the green flag the next time by. We'll be right back. Pontiac's new 2000 Sunbird SE adds a new meaning to the phrase power play. With an air research turbocharger producing 150 horses under the hood, wide Eagle GT radials under the fender flares, a WS6 performance suspension, power rack and pinion steering, 14-inch aluminum wheels, and then some. The new turbocharged 2000 Sunbird SE, only from Pontiac. We build excitement. Pontiac. Hi there. Turning up your engine, huh? Yeah. Want to help? Nah, I just watch. What time do you have? Uh, 10.08. Ooh, nice watch. You racing guys have all the bucks. <laughs> it's not expensive. Must be. No, it's not. Looks like it. Yeah, I know. It's a Timex. You racing guys have all the brains. Smart watches in over 200 styles from Timex, chosen as NASCAR's official timekeeper. A quick caution to Bristol Raceway. We're back under, under green. Waltrip and Labonte did not pit during that caution flag. They're out ahead of a fast pack of cars at turn two. It doesn't seem to have cost them because Waltrip is pulled away by some three car lanes from Labonte. Terry has some eight to ten car lanes on Harry Gantz automobile off turn four. Bobby Allison did pit, and Phil Parsons gets tapped by Allison, and Dave Marcus, as he comes off the corner, keeps the car in a straight line and will hang it down to the bottom of the racetrack. But the front two have broken away. They did not come onto pit road. Ned, there had to be a reason for that. Well, both of the cars were working exceptionally well, Barney, and apparently the drivers were pleased with the set of tires that they had on there, so they decided just to stay out there and keep going and see how long they could stay in front. Bobby Allison was not able to keep up, so he did come in, change right side tires. So did Bodine. He made a chassis adjustment on that car. And, let's, and Neil Bonney came in, too, but let's mark him down as perhaps the most improved driver since the start of this race. At the first of the race, that car wasn't handling that well. They've made some adjustments on it. He had gotten up to fourth place. Of course, after this pit stop, he's a little farther back, but the car's working well now. He'll be a contender before this night's over. 
leaders coming out of turn number four. Meanwhile, Bobby Adelson slips underneath. Harry Gant coming into turn number three. And so, too, does Rusty Wallace also having a good run. So Allison will move up a notch. He'll be third as the leaders come off, too. And as the leaders pull away, Bobby Allison right now, testimony to the uh, tire change, working so well off the low side of the racetrack. Neil Bonnet also working well on the inside. He'll go beneath Harry Gant's car and take Tim Richmond along with him. Now, Gant did not pit among the cars that did pit during that pit stop. He was not one of them, so he is staying out on the racetrack, Barney. There are quite a few of the cars that elected to stay on the racetrack and quite a few that elected to come in. Allison right now broken free of some of the traffic he is in the third position, but he's about five or six seconds behind the front twosome of Darrell Waltrip and Terry Labonte. And Labonte's car continues to be impressive here at Bristol. It seems to get stronger every pit stop. And making a stop here and making an adjustment, as Ned and Benny was talking about a moment ago, when you come in, the pace car will get around here in about 25 or 26 seconds once you make that pit stop, even if it's under caution. And if you do that, you don't have much time to do anything to the car, as Junior Johnson told us. True, and uh, where the pace car runs at the pace it does here, you've got to have a real good four-tire change uh, to beat it out. So a lot of guys choose to come in and get two, go back out and come back in and get two more. But uh, if you don't get four the first time in, you always wind up to the back of the pack. You've got to work your way back to the front. And that's just tough to do in today's competition. Which is probably the reason that Junior did not bring Darrell Waltrip onto pit road. He knew it would be a short caution to put him right back on there. And rather than change four tires, he just sent him right back out. Barney, give a call to Rusty Wallace. The rookie driver had been listed in the press as his ride being perhaps a bit insecure with the Cliff Stewart for next year. But he's showing that he's going to be a factor here. Wallace right now running in the fourth spot, and he is right chewing away at the bumper of Bobby Allison. He's had, a, he's had a good run here tonight. He's a very improved driver, and I think he's taken a lot of pressure off himself. He's kind of reached the attitude that Buddy Baker had a, a few weeks ago at Daytona in the Wood Brothers car, that we're going to go out and drive the absolute best race we can drive and let the chips fall where they may, not put any self-imposed pressure on himself. He's giving Bobby Allison a fit coming off the number four corner and back to the line right now as he chases Allison back into turn number one. Let's see if this rookie driver can get around him. They head for Eli Gold. For the moment, Rusty Wallace stays back by a couple of car lanes to Bobby Allison. Let's also remember that Rusty Wallace, although not in this type of car, was back in his Nicky Prajon prepared Mustang. He was at one time the absolute record holder on this racetrack here at Bristol when Rusty Wallace was running all pro and ASA events up in this area. So he knows his way around the racetrack, passing us now at a turn number three he'll stay some two car lanes down to Bobby Allison so we'll call it Waltrip the leader Labonte running in second Allison is third Rusty Wallace is fourth fifth is Earnhardt sixth is Bonnet seventh is Richmond eighth is Ricky Rudd ninth is Jeff Bodine Harry Gant has the tenth spot those cars are all on the lead lap Dave Marcus would be listed in 11th Tommy Ellis uh, shows up. He was the 12th place car just prior to that caution flag a moment ago. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the motor racing. We're back at Bristol, Tennessee. 210, make that 211 laps have just been completed in the Bush 500. Been a good one all evening long. A record crowd of 31,000 if you just joined our broadcast a little bit late. The leader, well, if you said Darrell Waltrip, you hit it right on the button. Waltrip is out front. He's led his share of laps here tonight. He again seems to have the dominant car. Terry Labonte's been able to run up front with him. Right now, Labonte is the second-place car, about a second behind him. Hanging on in third is Bobby Allison. Allison also has led some laps here this evening. 
big surprise in, in one way and not so much of a surprise in another, as Eli Gold and Benny Parsons have pointed out, of Rusty Wallace, the young champion spark plug rookie driver who's having such a good run here. He currently is posted in fourth position, but he's had an awful lot of experience on this particular racetrack, and it's Salem, Indiana, and some of the other tracks around the country, which is very similar to Bristol. And as we said, I think a lot of pressure is off Rusty Wallace. He figures either the ride is going to stay there or it isn't. Just go out and give it your best and see what you can do. He's turning in a heck of a performance right now. Let's take you back through the field after Wallace in fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth. Sixth is Neil Bonnet. Seventh is Ricky Rudd. Eighth is Dave Marcus. Ninth is Jeff Bodine. And those are the only cars in the lead lap. Ron Bouchard is tenth. Richard Petty is eleventh. Twelfth is Dick Brooks. And thirteenth is now the Tommy Ellis car. They're one lap down. Two laps down. They're now posting Bill Elliott. He has made up a lap after repairing crash damage. Three laps back, Mike Alexander. Four laps down, Sterling Marlin. Seven laps back, Buddy Arrington. J.D. McDuffie is eight laps behind. Then it's the Morgan Shepard automobile, ten laps down, followed by Tommy Gale, Ronnie Thomas, Kyle Petty, and Trevor Boys. 216 laps go on the board as they continue to chase Darrell Waltrip and Terry Labonte instead of gaining ground now is dropping back just a little bit and Waltrip seems to be able to put that Budweiser car just about anywhere he wants to. Barney, Benny Parsons and I were talking here a minute ago during a commercial break and Benny, you made the comment that he has the most complete race car that you've ever seen here. What do you mean by complete race car? You know, I was sitting here thinking about the, those exact words. Trouble in two. Harry, Harry Gant gets way out of shape but he gets on the binders in a hurry and somehow keeps the car out of the wall. A heck of a piece of driving for Harry Gant and the Skull Bandit as that car was totally askew coming off the number two banking. Let's go back, back to, to Benny Parsons. Uh, we were, Ned was talking a moment ago and talking about a complete race car. And we make a statement like that and you say, how can you say that the man has won seven races in a row? But I have watched him win a lot of those seven. And he can only run one particular place on the racetrack. He would be extremely fast there, but weak someplace else. Tonight, Ned, he looks like he's fast everywhere. The car really does seem to be hooked up at every point of the racetrack. And Barney, that's what it takes on a track of this sort. We may have a caution momentarily. The ambulance has taken a spectator from the infield area, and as there is no tunnel here at Bristol, he's waiting for a break to get across. It looks as if it is not an urgent situation, and they may wait for the next caution flag before they move it out. 220 laps are complete. Waltrip, the leader, working away, trying to win the eighth straight for Junior Johnson here. Waltrip, winner of seven straight races, equaling the mark set by Richard Petty from 1971 to 74 at Richmond Fairgrounds Raceway. But he'll have to deal with Terry Labonte before it's over tonight. Bobby Allison, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, the rest of those cars on the lead lap here at Bristol. They're chasing Darrell Waltrip, as many of the fans figured they would here this evening, and just exactly what Benny Parsons was talking about a moment ago with Darrell Waltrip, knowing what the car can do and pacing himself and so forth. Waltrip had some interesting comments on what the key to winning at Bristol so many times has been for him. The nice thing about this racetrack is... Of course, this is a two-edged sword, but you can get way behind and make it up here. It's such a fast racetrack that you can get a almost a lap down and, and do some adjusting on the car, put on a different set of tires or whatever, and boy, you can make that time up in a hurry because it's so fast. By the same token, you can have a problem and lose a big lead in a hurry. So you gotta know when to fold them and know when to hold them is the way I've always looked at this racetrack. There are points in this race when some guys are going to be faster than we are. We've seen it here almost every time. you got to realize that, and you got to just drive what you consider to be a good pace and wait for the race to come back to you. 
The caution will be out momentarily. Again, they've got to move that ambulance across. If there's not a caution momentarily, they will have to put one out as they look for the leader, Waltrip. He's in the back straightaway, and they'll make that ambulance exchange since there is no tunnel to move that ambulance off the racetrack. So Harold Kinder holds the caution flag. Here comes Waltrip off the corner, and the caution is out here at Bristol, Tennessee for the seventh time tonight. Again, there's not an incident on the racetrack at lap 230, but they do have to move the ambulance from out of the infield area. Tommy Ellis was on pit road. They had the hood up, and he's now rejoined the field under this, the seventh caution of the evening. For Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. At Bristol Raceway, again, we're under the sec seventh caution of the evening. They have opened the back gate and trying to get the field slowed after a multitude of pit stops so they can exchange and bring an ambulance into the infield and allow one to go out with someone that's been injured in the infield area. So the safety car continues to lead the field around under the caution flag and get them slowed down to pacing speed. Let's go down to Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons for a report. Well, practically everybody has come in and changed all four tires as we've seen them do so many times here tonight. Uh, Mike Joy, Goodyear's a benefactor of this situation here tonight because they've certainly put on a lot of tires. Now, in many cases, they might put some of those tires back on after they have cooled off, but as we've said so many times in past broadcast, cool tires will adhere to the track better than heated up tires. So sometimes they'll come in and take them off after they've run a while and then maybe put them back on after they cool off. However, we've seen, Benny, a lot of wagons running up down pit road here with brand new Goodyear tires on them. Yeah, if this if these caution flags keep coming out the way they are, I don't know how many tires they're going to use tonight. At Richmond, Virginia, a 400-lap race in February, they used almost 800 tires. Uh, and that, you know, it's unbelievable. That's almost seven sets per car. But if the caution flags come out enough times tonight, they'll use seven rate sets per car. Because if your competitor puts on four new tires, that means if you're going to run with him, you have to have to do the same thing. Well, it's uh, we can kind of clarify that a little bit. It might sound like we're saying that Goodyear tires won't run any distance on a racetrack, Benny, but that's not the case. The drivers, the tires they're taking off right now could probably go another 20, 30, even 40 or 50 or 100 laps for that matter. But when the front runners come in and change to new tires, it does make the car quicker. So the other teams have no choice but to do the same thing, and that's the reason it happens. That's exactly right. At Michigan, the last race on the circuit, there wasn't a caution flag, and we used like 10 tires all day long because well, we changed the right sides twice and the left sides one time. And they could do the same thing at Bristol or any other racetrack. The tires certainly have the longevity, as you mentioned. But, again, cold, new tires are two or three-tenths of a second. And that's all we're talking about, folks, is two or three-tenths of a second faster. But on a racetrack that it only takes 18 seconds to get around, in three-tenths, a third of a lap, it, in 54 laps, you're lapped if you don't do that. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. They'll go back to green on lap 236 at Bristol, Tennessee, and they'll chase Darrell Walker, but he came off pit road first a moment ago as they head back to turns one and two and off the corner. Behind Darrell Waltrip is Bill Elliott's car, although remember, Bill is not on the lead lap. He'll now give way to Ricky Rudd, who is in second position, followed by Neil Bonnet in third, then Dale Earnhardt. Then back in fifth position as they come off the corner is Rusty Wallace and head back to turn number one. Terry Labonte's caught back in some traffic along with Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine, and Waltrip really breaks away this time as they come off number two turn. Ricky Rogers has not been able to quite keep the pace and trying to work away and actually pushing him along is Neil Bonnet off the number four corner. 
Earnhardt gets his nose right up in there underneath Bonnet's car as they lap by Bill Elliott. There's a scramble for second spot. And here comes Rusty Wallace to join. He'll come to the inside of the racetrack, but up to second spot, Neil Bonnet caught in behind Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd using the high side of the racetrack. Bill Elliott's car is just about as quick as anything on the racetrack back in that second pack of traffic other than Darrell Waltrip, and he is just trying to get in as many laps and post as good a finish as he can. He can't afford to give way to anybody despite the fact that the car looks like it's been in a demolition derby. It's running as well as anything out there. Bonnet hangs on to the number two position, working, trying to get underneath Bill Elliott to cut down the separation between himself and Darrell Waltrip. Behind him is Dale Earnhardt, and a strong Dale Earnhardt. Now Ron Bouchard moves to the outside, tries to pick up a little distance over there, diving down to the inside, and the car really is not working well at all as the Ranger Ford of Bud Moore and Ricky Rudd. He has really had some handling troubles here tonight as they work back in turns one and two. Particularly coming off the number two corner, we talked earlier how important it is to make the car work well on the ends of the racetrack. Rudd is passed by Allison, now passed by Rusty Wallace. Jeff Bodine joins the fray as well. Neil Bonnet has broken loose from Bill Elliott's car. Dale Earnhardt works underneath Elliott, and then those two cars will have a clear run at the leader. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. At Bristol International Raceway, the charge is on to track down Darrell Waltrip. Bonnet is now in second. Earnhardt in third has moved up, and Bouchard is moving, moving around Bill Elliott. He's trying to get back on the lead lap. He is one lap down. Right behind Bouchard in line is Terry Labonte. Labonte is the fourth-place car. Then fifth-place Allison. Sixth-place Rusty Wallace. And seventh-place Jeff Bodine at turn two. The lead automobile, that of Darrell Waltrip, moving around both Buddy Arrington and Tommy Gale. Neil Bonnet trying to break free from the Dale Earnhardt car. And Bonnet is pulled away by some four car lengths off turn four. Three seconds separate the two Budweiser cars of Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet as they ride first and second in the Bush 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee. Waltrip down the back straightaway. The car just simply almost seems like it has a mind of its own and can get around this racetrack wherever it needs to. If Darrell needs to take it right down on the apron of the track, he can do it. If he needs to run in the middle of the racetrack, he can do that. If he needs to hang it right up outside the wall and pass somebody, he's proven he can do that. The Junior Johnson Magic certainly is working here tonight, at least this far in the race. Waltrip is a leader. He's out of turn number four. Bonnet picking up a little ground on his teammate has chopped off a couple of tenths of a second last turn around. Earnhardt still rides in the third position behind Bonnet, but his car that looks so strong on the restart now is falling back a little bit also. Terry Labonte, the fourth place car, drifting along behind Ron Bouchard in front of Eli Gold. And then Bobby Allison right behind Labonte down by some two and a half to three car lanes, but Bobby Allison also coming off the turn so very well like Waltrip's car was. Here comes Waltrip as he works the midpoint of the back straightaway, attacking turn three. For Waltrip, race traffic is not an immediate factor, and he's heading back to the stripe. Heading back to the garage area is the Tommy Ellis car. They're pushing that one away. He will join Kyle Petty, Ronnie Thomas, Jimmy Means, and Joe Rutman out of the race here at Bristol. Halfway next time by in the Bush 500. Waltrip off turn number four. He'll take the cross flags from Chief Starter Harold Kinder halfway the Franklin, Tennessee driver in command here trying to win his eighth straight. So for the moment, the race is pretty well stabilized around the racetrack. Everybody running single file because they still know there's a half the race remaining. No point in really hanging it out right now. They've just come off pit road with new fresh tires on there. 
and they got a little bit strung out around the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt, as we said, having a good run here this evening. Earnhardt probably likes this racetrack, and there's a lot of drivers that don't particularly like Bristol because it really will pull on the neck and shoulders and every muscle in your body. It's a physical beating, not only for the driver, but for the car in 500 laps here. But talking about Earnhardt, he's thinking championship. He told me today most of the race drivers who have won a Winston Cup championship try to tune it out of their minds the last six or eight races or ten races of the season when they're in contention to maybe win a championship, or at least most of them say they do. Darrell Waltrip has told us in past years that you don't think about the championship. You think about going out there and winning the races, and if that happens, then you're going to get the points. I asked Dale Earnhardt, how hard is it to just tune it all out? I think it all uh, goes together. I think I've been thinking about the championship from the first of your own. Uh, you know, racing this day and time is so competitive, and everybody is so close right now in the championship uh, hunt. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always on your mind. I don't care what anybody says. You know, you're thinking about the points. You're thinking about trying to win races. So, you know, it's just uh, you take it as a whole and try to do the best you can do any time you're racing. Ron Bouchard, Bouchard just blew a tire, it sounded like, as he went into turn one, ran up and slapped the wall. He came back down. He's over in front of Eli Gold. And as the left rear, and then as he comes off the number four corner and will not evidently be heading towards pit road, but a good bit of smoke from the left rear. Well, Bouchard. here is uh, Phil Parsons having trouble off of turn four. He hits the wall up there, spins down to the inside, so the caution is out. He was coming up on Ron Bouchard. It looked like Benny Parsons as he came off of there and got in some heavy traffic and lost control. It looked like that he did just simply move up on the racetrack. And now Bouchard spins it in turn number three. He goes up the banking, comes right down as everybody gets on the binders, and Bouchard's car comes to a stop on the grassy area between turns three and four. Well, Bouchard was trying to get back to pit road. Parsons did not make contact with Bouchard. It's just traffic got kind of bunched yeah, up there as Bouchard became a moving chicane coming down the front straightaway net. Yeah, I think that's what happened. They were trying to get slowed down behind him. He was uh, trying to get down to the inside of the racetrack, but having uh, one tire already down, that uh, certainly cuts down the control that you have of the automobile, and so it just was one of those situations where everybody trying to get slowed down and maneuver around him, and Phil Parsons was a victim of circumstances there. Yeah. Bobby Allison taking this opportunity, and Terry Labonte come down pit road. So is Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott coming back in. Darrell Waltrip and Neil Bonnet, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Bedine stay out there. Bouchard's yep. car is still parked down on the grass between turns three and four. Now, he was involved in that wreck on the restart on the 113th lap with Morgan Shepard, and Bouchard's car is uh, pretty well damaged. The records are going around to pick him up. Phil Parsons sits in much the same spot he found himself in last night when he was leading, coming down for the white flag in the free service tire stores 200 here at Bristol, the sportsman race. He was leading Morgan Shepard. Shepard came up behind him, and the two made contact. Shepard's front bumper to Parsons' rear, and Phil ended up spinning around and into the wall, and Shepard went on to complete the final lap and win the race. But So it has not been the best of weekends for your little brother, Benny. It really hasn't. As a matter of fact, I talked to some people from Hickory last night, and they wanted me to be sure and congratulate Morgan Shepard's daughter for making Morgan a grandfather this week. Two... 258 laps are complete. We'll see most of the field again on pit road. Phil Parsons has climbed out of the skull band at the front end, is badly smashed in on that car, and it is very doubtful that he will continue any more racing here in the evening. So we'll be back in a moment. We're back at Bristol, Tennessee in the Bush 500, and a rash of yellow fever, as we said, has really popped out here tonight. The eighth one, eighth caution of the evening, has 
just been displayed to the field a moment ago when Phil Parsons spun coming off turn number four and tagged the inside retaining wall. They have hitched a record to his car and now pulled it up to the end of pit road. And I'm sure it will be the end of the night for Phil Parsons, who has not had the best of weekends here at Bristol. Drove a heck of a race last night in that sportsman race and probably felt like he had it going away. But as you explained that a moment ago, it was just not to be his weekend here at the Bristol particular track. 262 laps on the board. Still going to be a lengthy caution here as they're putting down a lot of stay dry in the front straightaway. And they're also having to check where Ron Bouchard spun around over there a moment ago in the middle of turns three and four. As we said just a moment ago, as Mike Joy updated you, there were several cars that have not been on pit road during this pit stop. Darrell Waltrip did not stop. Neither did Neil Bonnet or Dale Earnhardt or the Rusty Wallace car. The rest of the field, just about everyone was in and out. For an update on that, let's go to Ned and Benny. Well, we're right now trying to get to Marty hooked up so Ned can go talk to some of the drivers. And uh, I really didn't hear the question, Barney. Uh, we're just talking about the cars that did come on pit road. Bobby Allison was in a moment ago, along with Dave Marcus, and just about all the field except the drivers we mentioned. And it's just still going to be a lap or so before we'll go back to green. Waltrip elects to stay out there, does not come on the pit road. But this is bunch the field. Now the Ernie Moore, the chief starter, or the chief steward for NASCAR, is also motioning that there will be one lap to go, and they'll go back to green. Well, let's get a quick word with Dick Brooks if we can. Brooks is leading the Chameleon Change Award. He's improved his position by 12 spots. Dick, with eight caution flags tonight, you've managed to miss every one of them. He's busy talking with his crew chief, Junie Donlevy, and he may not want to respond to that, or he may be in the middle of the next one. Brooks has picked up. I think up. he's, he's right in the middle of traffic over there. When they drop the green, they scramble at it in a hurry. He's going to be a busy young man here in just a second or so. Field is in front of Eli Gold. On the outside of the restart road, Darrell Waltrip behind him, Neil Bonnet, then Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Allison, Terry Labonte, followed by Ricky Rudd and Rusty Wallace. The pace car pulls away. They're two by two going for the green. This caution has put the field, the front seven or eight cars, right together. So let's see what they can do. Waltrip gets a good jump on the restart. He's one of the best at getting up through that gearbox and getting a little daylight on the rest of the field that you'll see in this business. He's already pulled away from Neil Bonnet by four car lengths. He's done nothing to tarnish his reputation. Ron Bouchard's car still showing some smoke from behind it. Dave Marcus slows on the back stretch as Waltrip leads him to the line. Marcus almost got jammed coming off the number two corner. Apparently the car just shut off or something malfunctioned in it. Now there's a collision out of turn number four between Tommy Gale and Ron Bouchard as Bouchard slowed considerably coming out of the corner but we will stay under green here are the leaders coming back to the line it is Waltrip in front Bonnet second by about six car lengths then it's a couple of car lengths back to Dale Earnhardt Richard Petty rides behind Earnhardt although he is not being posted as the fourth place car Richard is at we least have several one, laps down one car spinning as they come off the number two corner and nestling up against the outside retaining wall is Tim Richmond everybody goes by beneath his car there'll be no additional contact but it does bring out caution number nine apparently perhaps some debris on the racetrack Dave Marcus cut a tire and Ron Bouchard cut a right rear tire he's back on pit road and it looks uh, as if the rear end may have been moved in that car when he crashed up into the turn three retaining wall. Marcus is back out, but it's nine caution flags tonight. This latest one for Tim Richmond getting into the back stretch retaining wall. Let's see if we can get a word with Dick Brooks. Dick, that's nine caution flags tonight. You managed to miss every one of them. You've been doing quite a job. He didn't like that question either. Well, again, <laughs> Brooks is pretty busy in the car. He may be contacting Judy Donlevy to see if he needs to get in. We're under caution for the ninth time of the evening here at Bristol in the Bush 500. We'll see quite a few cars coming onto pit road that did not pit a moment ago, and we'll update you on that when we come back. 
They've put Tim Richmond's car behind the wall and extensive work on the right rear of Ron Bouchard's car. Blew that tire coming off the pit road and looks like they're moving the rear end back. Let's go to pit road for this report. Well, Mike Joy, this is Ned Jarrett over on the back stretch with uh, Phil Parsons. Phil, you had a little encounter over the front straightaway. What happened? I'm not sure, Ned. Ron Bouchard hit the wall on the back straightaway just prior to that, and I ran over something off his car, and I don't know if that cut the tire or not, but uh, it's going in turn three, and Ricky Rudd and I were side by side, and Bouchard was in the bottom lane, and we, we were above him, and then the car just started in the wall. I don't know if it cut the tire or whether, you know, it was just so high on the racetrack it hit the wall. I'm not sure. Well, we're glad to see that you're okay. Sorry to see the Skull Bandit car out of it. Thank you, Ned. And Mike Joy, this is somewhat of a spot that we're in over here. Jimmy Means' crew still working on the Broadway Motors car. Jimmy, what what is the problem with your car? Well, we believe it's somewhere in electrical. We we try to change everything, you know, see so we can find it before we go back to another race. So this is a good place to find it, you know. And uh, Kyle Petty has been back in the pits again. He went back out. He's back in the pits once again. He's pitting here right beside of Phil Parsons and Jimmy Means. So that's the story on pit road. They'll go back to green this turnaround, 271 laps and a jam up coming out of the corner right that time between Mike Alexander and Harry Gant and Rusty Wallace. It's going to cost Rusty Wallace several positions. It's shuffled him way back in traffic. We will remain green as all the cars get around, but Wallace is really off the pace, might have a tire down as he moves to Eli Gold. The car was wiggling just a bit, but it comes by now and seems to be picking the pace up, although he's not exactly as he would like to be running. Meanwhile, the leaders coming off turn two, getting out of shape for the moment is Darrell Waltrip. He bobbles, and Labonte tries to take the move. Let's correct ourselves and say it was Bonnet who bobbled. Labonte goes by him to the inside, Earnhardt to the outside. Door-to-door racing as they come off that corner between Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt. And, and they tag, them. and they are together, and they're out of control in turn number one. Labonte will go into the wall. Earnhardt will come free of it. Richard Petty is involved. Harry Gant's involved. Greg Sachs's car is involved, and so is Ricky Rudd. Add Sterling Marlin to that count as he'll finally get a piece of the action. And a lot of cars coming by with debris strewn all over turns one and two. It happened coming down the front straightaway. Both Earnhardt and Labonte wanted the high lane. The front bumper of Earnhardt's car just hooked the right rear corner of Labonte's. Earnhardt shook free as the bumpers were hooked and he got away. Labonte's car spun and he took Greg Sachs, Ricky Rudd, Richard Petty and Harry Gant with him. It's the 10th caution flag tonight and again Barney two of these have come on restarts or within a lap of the restart we had the problem a moment ago with Rusty Wallace everybody got by that one but when two cars hook up at the front of the field as we've said before, you just don't have a one or two car accident. There is no such thing as that at Bristol, particularly on a restart when the field is so bunched. We'll see some more pit stops as we've had a rash of yellow fever all evening. The 10th one of the night is being waved to the field here at Bristol. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Caution flag fever on Saturday night at Bristol International Race one, Raceway. This last one, a six-car jam session down in the first corner when Dale Earnhardt hooked bumpers with Terry Labonte going into the corner. Greg Sachs' car still being worked on on pit road. So is Harry Gant. So is Ricky Rudd. Richard Petty looked like the rear bumper was torn from Petty's car, also involved. Most of those cars are on pit road. Earnhardt able to continue without incident. We're 278 laps complete. Jeff Bodine emerged unscathed from that one. He's the leader, and Bodine becomes only the fifth different leader tonight. Neil Bonnet was leading just prior to the, that caution flag. Waltrip in second, Earnhardt third, Bonnet fourth, and Bobby Allison in the fifth spot. And they're going to sweep up down in turns one and two where cars slid up to the wall. 
down through the infield and back out on the racetrack. We're going to be under caution for a little bit here. And Barney, looking down the caution list, we've got 10. We did have one to let the ambulance out, but other than that, two, three of these cautions just within a couple of laps of the restart as the cars try to sort themselves out. This racetrack is so fast that when one driver has a problem or two drivers get hooked like that, it's going to be just a multi-car mess. A little just reach out and bite you so quick. They're running well over 120 miles an hour in these straightaways. If you tag the wall and come out, they just don't have any reaction time is really what it amounts to, and the cars run so close that if a car moves over all of a sudden in front of you, it, it is just a chain accident, as we've seen here all evening. Most of the trouble in the first part of the race, at least the first couple of hundred laps, seem to be out of turn number four. The last couple of times we've had problems here this evening has been down in turn number one. The pit stops have been phenomenal. They've been running in and out, and right now there are two of the front-running cars on pit road, and apparently there's a major problem on a couple of them. Let's go down to the pits. Barney, there is. The 15 car has lost a couple of laps. I don't know exactly what the problem is. It's on the right front, and they continue to work on it, although he is a couple of laps down. The 44 car, the Piedmont, Air Piedmont Airlines car of Terry Labonte, has not lost a lap yet. He's made several pit stops to repair the superficial damage that he had during that crash, but he still has he still is on the lead lap and from our position out here in turn three Benny we're able to look towards the turn three end of the back pit area where Rusty Wallace's Gatorade car is being attended to we documented that Rusty never really came up to speed after that last restart and just looking out here from the turn we do see a bit of a pool of fluid beneath that automobile and the entire crew is scurrying around so they're trying to get him back in. Barney, an update on the Piedmont Airlines car of uh, Terry Labonte. They came in first and changed the right side tires, went out, came back and changed the left side tires. They do have some sheet metal damage on the left side of that car, and the air hose that fenced the brakes had been knocked loose, so they came back in to take that loose. Now they're working on the left rear quarter panel on this pit stop. There is right front damage to the Wrangler Ford of Ricky Rudd. They're having to cut away some sheet metal there and making a, a lot of adjustment on the right front of that car. And as Benny Parsons pointed out, they've already lost a couple of laps and about to go another lap down. Now remember, both those cars were involved in that multi-car collision down in turn number one. So let's hope they can spend as little time as possible on pit road and get them back out there. Here's the way the top five are running under this caution here at Bristol at lap 281. The leader is Jeff Bodine. Riding second is Waltrip, third would be Dale Earnhardt, fourth is Neil Bonnet, and fifth is Bobby Allison. Those are the top five cars. We'll be heading for Darlington next week for the Southern 500 and that big triple header racing weekend. Wednesday is Bush Pole qualifying, and we asked the man who holds the track record there, Tim Richmond, if he's got a prediction as to who's going to be on the pole at Darlington. Uh, I know who's going to be on the pole in Darlington, and that's going to be the 27 car with me driving it, I hope. Uh, you know, that is my prediction because we tested the car the other day, it's our new front steer car, which we found out what our problem was, what we had with it, because we were very out of the ballpark up in Michigan. And we found out the problem with it. We've solved it. And I can't wait to get to Darlington next week and run, especially through turn three uh, in qualifying. I'm, I'm looking very much forward to that. And I don't know if the record's in jeopardy, which I own, but uh, I think the pole is is as much mine as anybody else's right now. Well, when he set that track record going through three and four, just about everybody in the place's heart stopped. But he says he's got his act together to go there. Bush pole qualifying is Wednesday. The Comfort Coach 150 for the Darlington Dash Cars is Friday. The Darlington 200 NASCAR Bush Sportsman Race will be on MRN Saturday at 1.45 Eastern Time. And we'll bring you the Southern 500 next Sunday at 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Join us at Darlington Raceway if you can, or if not, tune in over most of these MRN stations. You'll hear MRN on the air every Sunday throughout the month of September with NASCAR Winston Cup Racing. Darrell Waltrip just peeled off turn number four and is on pit road and is going behind the wall. Waltrip has just pulled off the racetrack and takes his car in behind the wall, Appar and the Budweiser team is heading over there. Let's go to Ned. Apparently, apparently there's something wrong with the gearing in that car, Barney. We'll go to Benny Parsons is on his way down there right now to check it out, so we'll have a report very shortly, but it looks like that that string will come to an end because the green flag is about to come out. They're jacking up the back end of the car. The problem is indeed at the rear end of the machine. We'll go back to racing in just a moment. We're back under green at Bristol, Tennessee, and Darrell Waltrip is still behind the pit wall. They're working on that car. And Benny Parsons has a report on it, Barney Hall. Yes, the rear gearing in the car 11, the Budweiser Chevrolet, has went out. They knew it was going to give them a problem, so they just came in and went ahead and put a new one in, or preparing to put a new one in. So that's the story on Darrell Waltrip, just how many laps it'll take. We'll have to wait and see, but he certainly will have his work cut out for him if he's going to win number eight. On the racetrack, Earnhardt is the leader. He has really been knocking heads through traffic all night long with Jeff Bodine and Neil Bonnet, and they're battling for the second spot right now as Clark Dwyer slows in the front straightaway. He got a piece of the wall, just brushed it up in turns three and four. Battles for second spot as they come back to the line. Earnhardt is in front by about three or four car lakes. That's a hot battle for the number two spot as they go to Eli Gold off turn two. The low side of the racetrack belongs to Neil Bonnet. He'll hold down second place. Now it's Terry Labonte. Labonte draws inside of Bodine in a bid for third. Bodine goes way up the banking. Give Labonte third place. Bodine's car just has not been working ever since he led the first 70 laps of this race, and he's been backsliding through the fields with Waltrip off the racetrack. It's a different story up front. Tim Richmond has just come back into the race. Ron Bouchard has just gone back on pit road. They're making repairs to Bouchard's car. And Richard Petty's car is still being attended to in the back pit area. Buddy Parrott and the crew going over that beaten and bruised automobile. Richard is standing there looking on if he can get back into the automobile. But right now the leaders down the back straightaway. In a turn number three, Dale Earnhardt smoking those tires as he goes to the high side of Tommy Gale's car. 291 laps on the board will be coming up on 300 with 200 to go here very shortly. Earnhardt in front. Neil Bonnet has picked up up the chase as his teammate Darrell Waltrip is behind the pit wall and they're changing the rear end in that car. Labonte rides along in the number three position. He's just about a half a car length back of Neil Bonnet. Then comes Jeff Bodine and Bobby Allison as they work out of the corner. And as Waltrip sits helplessly in the car waiting for them to change that rear end to put him back on the racetrack, I asked him this afternoon about such a situation. If it happens and you don't win number eight, how do you feel about that? Well, we need to win the race and uh, you know, I don't the, the fact that it's going to be uh, our eighth win in a row here uh, would certainly be nice, but the nicest thing at this point in time is it's been over a four-year span, and right now we need to win this race to, in order to help ourselves as board the championship and everything else is concerned. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to be running hard, and uh, just like we always do, we want to win, and uh, then if we do, we're going to set a record in the process. But that's really the way we look at it, win first and record second. He also said a little bit later that if he didn't win number eight, it wouldn't be the end of the world because he'd had a super good run here at Bristol, and he has that. 295 are on the board. Earnhardt is the leader. Neil Bonnet rides second. Labonte is third. Fifth, fourth is Jeff Bodine, and fifth is Bobby Allison. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Dale Earnhardt is just planked up 300 laps here in the Bush 500 at Bristol, Tennessee. He is the leader. They're continuing to work on Darrell Waltrip's car as he is losing lap after lap. Not only is it going to knock him out of any chance of winning eight in a row here at 
Bristol, but it's also going to cost him some valuable Winston Cup points before the evening is over as Earnhardt leads him back into turn number one, moves around Buddy Arrington's car, trying to chase him down as Waltrip's teammate, Neil Bonnet. But Bonnet really has his hands full, Eli Gold, with a 44 car, the Piedmont Airlines machine of Terry Labonte. He's giving him quite a run. He is giving him a heck of a run, but each time off the turn, Neil is using the high side of the banking. Labonte is staying low, and although it looks as though Terry is drawing near, each time they come off the corner, Neil just can keep that car wound up a bit more. It happens again here as they take different lines, whatever works best for your car, but when they come off the turn it's still Bonnet by a car length over Labonte. Well, if Labonte can get by Bonnet and track down Earnhardt, well, the Framen and Bamman may have just begun. If Labonte feels he was spun out by Earnhardt when it caused that multi-car pileup in turn six, well, that's opinion that might well be shared by many of the observers here. And they'll be firing as is in his eyes if he can get by Bonnet and draw a bead on Earnhardt. Well, they used to call Terry Labonte the Iceman. You never, he didn't say anything if he got jostled up a little bit in the race or the going got kind of rough out there. He never said anything about it to the press or anything else. He kind of kind of kept it to himself and figured it was between him and the other drivers, so it's going to be interesting to see. Here he is coming out of turn number four, gets underneath Neil Bonnet, but there's a gaggle of lap cars directly ahead. They're going to have to back off both and take the high lane around turns one and two and wait for the moment until they get a little daylight before Labonte puts a move on him again. They're back in three. Past Mike Alexander and Sterling Marlin again. Labonte to the low side of the racetrack, but Neil Bonnet holds him off from the high side. Barney, while we watched that battle, a driver that stayed right up there with him for a long time in this race was Tommy Ellis with the Morgan McClure Chevrolet, but he's out of it now. Tommy, first, what happened? Well, Ned, we've run out of brakes now about 75 laps, but... Uh, I, I kept running, hoping that they'd come back, and they never did. I didn't use them. We was running pretty good. We felt like we still had a good chance to so come in. We put fluid in it, got the brakes back, went back, and uh, we lost the lap back getting out to pits. But, you know, what what happened, we had a master cylinder that went bad, was losing fluid inside the race car, and we just had to park it. That was all it was to it. You just can't race a car at these speeds with no brakes. And Trouble in turn four. Bill Elliott spins off the banking. He got the car 45 degrees to sideways, pointed it down to the bottom of the racetrack, and then got it going straight and popped back up in the racetrack in turn four and came on. But that car is real squirrely, and he may have to pit it. Let's go back to Ned. Well, Tommy, you're right. You can't run at these speeds without brakes. And I know that you wanted to do well here. It's so close to home for the Morgan McClure team. Well, you know, it looks like it detracts that we're supposed to run good on. It, it, you know, everybody thinks we'll run good on that we don't, and it tracks that people think we won't run good on that, we, you know, we end up running pretty good. So, you know, it's beginning to get me wondering. You know, right now, i got to regroup and get my thoughts together and um, next week's Darlington and, and take it one step at a time, but I'm disappointed to say the least. Well, we're sorry to see you out of it here tonight. Tommy Ellis. Tommy Ellis will be at Darlington next week. 310 laps are on the board of the Bush 500, and this one has had a little bit of everything. If you joined our broadcast late, we've already had 10 caution flags here this evening and pileups of all sorts in both ends of the racetrack and some of the best racing of the night has went on from the drop of the green right up until now. There's a good one going on on the racetrack that the fans are watching for second position on the racetrack between Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte. They have really been going at it as they cross the start-finish line and go back into turn number one. Labonte has been working on Neil down to the inside. He does it again off turn two. But again off the high side of the banking, Neil Bonnet is able to scoot away, but not with the ease he was able to pull away earlier. They'll try it again in turn four. Benny, you might comment on how those two cars are working differently 
Lee Terry will get the inside on Neal, but he can't get off the corner with him. He just cannot get off the turn. What's going to happen here in a little bit, Bonnet's going to get in a little bit too high and not be able to get that good acceleration off the turn, and I think Labonte will pass him. I went down and talked to Tim Richmond, who, fell, who dropped out of the race a moment ago, and he said that nothing really broke. There was a terrible vibration in the car. They decided to park it before they put something on the racetrack. That's the story on Tim Richmond. The attrition rate has been fairly high here at Bristol, Tennessee tonight. We'll update you on that just uh, a little bit down the ways here. 314 laps are on the board. Dale Earnhardt looks like he's in pretty good position right now to maybe pick up another win here at Bristol, Tennessee. And he told me coming into the race here this morning, he felt like he had as good of a chance as anybody here tonight if his car kind of hung together. But Waltrip had the field covered. And again, Darrell Waltrip's car is still sitting on pit road. For a report on that, let's go back to Ned Jarrett. Well, Barney, they're still working on that gear. They should be getting pretty close to having it back in there and getting it back out in the action. Of course, uh, no chance of him uh, winning this race or even having a high finish, but he will get back out and run as many laps as he possibly can. So Richard Walter. Petty, excuse me, uh, Barney, Richard Petty's back in the race. They repaired his number 43 STV Pontiac, and he's back on the racetrack. Ned, as you watch Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte, it looks like every time Labonte gets underneath Neil, the car kind of bogs down in the corner, and he just can't pull out of the corner. Well, that's what's happening. When you run the low side of any racetrack, you're going to bog the engine down just a little bit, and Terry's car is working good up in the middle to high groove, and it's also working good down there, but he, as you say, he bogs the engine down when he gets down there in that uh, low groove, and he simply doesn't have the horsepower to pull off, and Bonnet uh, running high, he does have that running start off of the turn. When Bonnet, when Labonte gets up there behind Bonnet, boy, two of them there with a similar type of a name, gets tough on an old country boy, but anyway, uh, he's able to stay right with him and come off with him, right? He's in that position right now. As they come up on Tommy Gale and bump him as they come off a of turn two, now Gale gets down on the inside, but that's the situation as long as uh, Bonnie stays in that groove, unless he does what Benny Parsons said, gets a little too high one time, Labonte's going to have a tough time passing him. 320 laps on the board at Bristol. Earnhardt is the leader. Riding second is Neil Bonnet. Third is Terry Labonte. Fourth, Jeff Bodine. Fifth is Bobby Allison. And they're posting only five cars on the lead lap at present. Good run for Dick Brooks, despite the fact that he's had some problems. They are now showing the comedian sunglasses forward to be up in sixth position. He is two laps behind the leader. From there, back in seventh is Bill Elliott in the eighth position right now. Uh, looks like Dave Marcus in the eighth spot. It would have to be Dave Marcus. And riding ninth is Harry Gant. And in tenth position is Ricky Rudd. 331 on the board in the Bush 500 at Bristol, Tennessee on an absolutely perfect racing night. And I think the crowds have really turned out in recent years since they've gone to the night races at Bristol. They seem to really like them. It's very much cooler running at night. And it's a great show. If you've never seen the races here at Bristol, Tennessee, you might ought to make your plans sometime in 1985 to attend one of the two Winston Cup events here on the fastest half-mile track in the nation. 332 on the board. Earnhardt is out front by a healthy margin right now as he works his way through traffic around here. The second-place car is still Neil Bonnet. Terry Labonte has just been hounding him literally to death for the last 40 laps around. He's been under him, outside, inside, anywhere he could go. He just has not had the stuff to get off the corner. He can get alongside, but that's as far as it's working. They're back in turn three. And as those cars work their way into turn three, Richard Petty is ahead of the second and third place battle. You've got to be impressed with Dale Earnhardt's show, and he's got to be tickled also looking behind him and seeing Labonte and Bonnet trying to get back uh, those positions one from the other. Earnhardt has been smoothly running off from the field as he comes off turn number four. This is the best Neil Bonnet's car has run since Nashville in May when he ended up in that 
caution flag finish with Darrell Waltrip and eventually was awarded second spot. Bonnet's running in second, and he talks about how the Bristol track has been to him. I like the racetrack. There's, until now, I haven't found anything easy about it for the simple matter. It's just so physically demanding to, to go the distance. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. One of the things I look forward to is the fact the track record that Junior's cars have had up here in the past. Hopefully we can draw up of that knowledge and, and I can have a good night of racing up here. We, I know coming in here, I've got the kind of equipment it takes to win up here and makes my job a little bit easier. If Neil sounds a little strained, he's suffering from hay fever, Barney. He, he looked pretty good this afternoon, but yesterday didn't feel too well. He doesn't feel too well today. He told me he really felt, because if you've had hay fever or sinus, you know what it does to you. It really kind of saps your strength. Here's Lamonti trying to get underneath over in turn number three, and he is there as they come into the corner. Might be the move he's been waiting for on Neil Bonnet. They come off the turn door to door, and again, Neil Bonnet just shuts him down. Labonte just simply does not have the stuff to chase him down the straightaway. He's underneath him again out of turn two. But one more time off the corner, Neil Bonnet using all of that 36 degrees of banking to come down off the turn and stay in front of Terry Labonte, just keeping well, that engine wound up. Well, Benny was right. If Neil got way too high up, Terry Labonte would be there on the bottom, and that's what happened. Neil got up and almost scraped the wall in turn two, two laps ago, and Labonte got right underneath him and was there. But, but again, Ned, he's just not able to dig off the corner. Is that a difference in the gearing of the car or in the suspension setup or what? Chances are the gearing is the same in both of those cars, Mike, but when you do run the loose out of the racetrack, you get it to a lower RPM. Now, he's right under him again as he come off the turn two. Let's see if he can stay up there this time. He had a little better run that time. He's able to stay with him, and right in front of Eli Goldie might pass him. Back into turn number three. Buddy Arrington might be a factor. They'll come off the turn side by side. Labonte inside of Bonnet. They race back down the straightaway and into the corner. Buddy Arrington drops down to the low groove to give him some racing room, and Terry again simply cannot get by, so that, he'll settle back in behind. Barney, just because of that lower RPM, these engines are built so that the power range is a certain range. They need to keep them pretty well wound up, and when you get them bogged down just a little bit, it looks like one car might have more horsepower than the other one, but you've simply just got it down and got the RPMs down, and uh, it just bogs the car down. Looking yep. out on the racetrack as they come around and taking a look at some of these cars, it is unbelievable how many machines are out there that look like they've been in a demolition derby. Here's Terry Labonte again down to the inside of Neil Bonnet trying to pick up that position. He's not going to be able to do it again. As they get off the corner, they go door to door, but when they hit the straightaway, Bonnet simply pulls away from him by about a car length as they work back into turn number three. The cars that have an awful lot of cosmetic damage to them here this evening that we can see on the racetrack that are still running. Ricky Rudd spent a lot of time in the pits. Quite a bit of sheet metal damage there. Same thing on Ron Bouchard. His car is smacked up in both ends and both sides. Harry Gant's car has damage almost anywhere you want to look in the Skull Bandit. The STP Pontiac of Richard Petty doesn't even have a hood. Part of the fender is gone on that car. Greg Sachs looks like he finished second place in a demolition derby. And Bill Elliott's car pretty much looks the same way. And those cars are still out there running with quite a bit of damage. Now, Barney Terry Labonte has really gotten aggressive. Of course, the reason, one reason is Jeff Bodine has moved right up into that battle. Kind of looks like we're at Martinsville Speedway, the way where we'll go on September 23rd for the Goodies 500. The way the cars look like, they're all fugitives from Demolition Derby, or at least Monday morning, 9 o'clock traffic. Labonte gets a run off the corner in the backstretch. But it won't be a chance here. There's too much race traffic going by Tommy Gale and Mike Alexander coming up on Trevor Boys. Those three cars now, Bonnet, Labonte, Bodine, and closing is Allison. They'll stay single file. It's going to be a four-car factor there very shortly among those four cars. 347 laps are on the board in the Bush 500. 
We're back at Bristol International Raceway. Going to be a fairly lengthy caution flag here as Dale Earnhardt really slapped the concrete coming out of turn number four. His crew comes out now and finally gets the car onto pit road. For an update on that, let's go down to the pits. <laughs> That's exactly right, Barney Hall. Dale Earnhardt's crew, led by Richard Childress, ran, jumped across the pit wall, the inside pit wall that divides the racetrack from pit road, jumped across on the racetrack and pushed, started the car because it, they simply could not get it started. He pushed it, he drove the car in, and now they're going about trying to get the car fixed so he can get back into competition. Four of the cars that came onto pit road made a four-tire change. Terry Labonte did, so did Neil Bonnet, and so did Bobby Allison and Jeff Bodine. Those four cars going for a four-tire change a moment ago, and this is the 11th caution flag of the night. Next weekend, we're headed for Darlington, the Southern 500 on Sunday. We'll also bring you the sportsman race there on Saturday. The Comfort Coach 150 is Friday at Bush Bowl qualifying is Wednesday, and every Sunday in September, MRN's on the air. Next Sunday from Darlington, then it's Richmond, then Dover, then Martinsville, and then North Wilkesboro. So check with your MRN station. Make sure they're carrying all of these broadcasts. And try to come out to the races. As you've been listening to this one along. It just doesn't get any more unpredictable or any more competitive than this. The two cars that dominated this race, Waltrip's car is still behind the pit wall, replacing the rear-end gearing. And Dale Earnhardt's car that ran so well in the early stages to challenge Waltrip and then ran away from the field here. It's on pit road, and they're replacing the left rear on that machine and trying to get Earnhardt back in the race. So if you can get out to see Winston Cup racing, you, <laughs> you ought to. There's nothing like it. I think we've seen a little bit of everything here tonight. While we're under caution, it'll give us a moment to talk with the new team manager for the Winston Cup Racing Division out in the field, Bobby Maston from the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Have you ever seen one like this anywhere? Barney, this is just a super event tonight. It's a beautiful turnout, a beautiful evening, and like you said, several times the race has everything. Looks like the Winston Cup point standings are really going to get jumbled up again after this one because a lot of the front runners have had problems. I was just trying to figure it out there a minute ago, and it looked like Dale Earnhardt was going to really pull away, but now Dale just had the misfortune, and um, I don't know where it's going to end up after tonight. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to go all the way to Riverside, California, that's for sure. They're giving the indication one lap to go. Bobby, thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Barney. Field bunching up again, getting ready for a restart. Let's see if we can catch up with Ned Jarrett for a late report. Well, Barney, we're down in the Dale Earnhardt Wrangler pits. They came in, they did a lot of work on the left rear. There is sheet metal damage there. They've changed all four tires. He's back in the pits right now. They don't know exactly what happened. The crew members, I asked them if he did blow a tire that caused that problem. They said they didn't know because they've just been busy trying to get the car ready to go again. Something really happened to it, Ned, because the car just took off the racetrack too quick, and I don't think a driver could even lose one that fast. Either something broke or he cut a tire down or something coming out of turn number four. We're ready to go back to green with Labonte posted as the leader. Neil Bonnet, second pace cars in behind the wall. Harold Kinder waves the green, and they get down to business on Saturday night. Labonte is in front. Bonnet rides second, a car link back, then it's Jeff Bodine as they head to Eli Gold. Further back, sorting his way through traffic is Bobby Allison. He'll be fourth in line as those four cars on the lead lap attack turn number three. Kyle Petty in trouble. Tommy Gale almost ran right up the back end of the 7-11 Ford, but he breaks free, and the leaders continue on. They're flying out of turn number two. Bonnet trying to nail down Labonte. And as they chase themselves towards turn three, Jeff Bodine... Trouble in turn two, Rusty Wallace, spins, no, he saves it. He saves it and gets back around, and he's underway again. 
He came off the banking, found himself at that transition spot, coming off the banking and on the flat portion of the apron, but he did gather it back in nicely. Here come the leaders. Off turn number two, Neil Bonnet has chased down Terry Labonte. Those two cars have left Jeff Bodine by some six car lengths in turn four. This one has had everything tonight. It looked like Darrell Waltrip might be on his way to winning his eighth consecutive race here at Bristol International Raceway. Rear end problems has put Waltrip's car behind the wall where it has been for more than 25 laps, and they're still working on it. He is not back in the race yet. Then Dale Earnhardt took over the reins. Looked like he was going to set sail in the Wrangler machine and had pulled away at a pretty healthy pace. Coming out of turn four a moment ago, car just took off backwards and slammed into the wall, and Earnhardt is back on pit road again. Let's go to the pits. Yes, the problems continue for Dale Earnhardt. Something about the left rear. I noticed when he went back on the racetrack, there was still heavy smoke coming out of the left rear. They're back in, adjusted, and they're race for the lead. They're side by side. But Labonte uses a six car of clogged wires to pick, and the 12 car of Neil Bonnet was not able to get by. Let's see if we can check with Ned Jarrett. He should be down by the Waltrip car. Ned, can you get, can you get catch us here? Having a little bit of receiving problem with Ned's wireless equipment. We'll try to get a report from him as he goes down toward the Darrell Waltrip machine. That car is still parked in the pits. Has to be a really a heartbreaker for Darrell Waltrip to know that you've pretty well got the field covered, or at least think you have. We said a moment ago, he kind of knows now how Bobby Allison felt here in the spring race when Allison looked like he was just going to make a shambles of the field, and a rear-end problem put him behind the wall, and he lost 20-some laps also before he was able to get back into the contest. Earnhardt is back off pit road and going back onto the racetrack, but he will be several laps behind after looking like he might just take off and leave the field a moment ago. 364 laps on the board in the Bush 500. Neil Bonnet and Terry Labonte putting on the show right now. That's one thing about Winston Cup racing. You can lose four or five of the top cars, and the race doesn't seem to diminish in intensity at all. There's always somebody else right up there at the front, and the racing is just as good. As they work off turn number four and back down to the line, Labonte is in front, but Bonnet is really giving him his nickels worth here tonight. And somebody on our broadcast said earlier, don't remember who it was, that Bonnet is driving probably the most aggressive that we have seen him all season. They're back in three. And as they work to turn three, remember this combination went at each other earlier, but it was just reversed. It was Neil Bonnet who was holding off Terry Labonte. Well, this time they'll attack turn number one as they head in our direction. They'll take, well, not the similar lines. Neil goes down low. Labonte opens the door. They're side by side. Neil gets into Labonte. He's on the binders. Bonnet is in the wall. He rim rides in a turn number three. Everybody else goes by, but Neil Bonnet's battered. Budweiser Chevrolet is up the banking in turn number three and now rolls off the banking as everybody goes by. I'll tell you what, Barney, for the local TV stations to show a highlights package of this race tonight on the 11 o'clock news, it's going to take them the whole half-hour newscast. It's the 12th caution of the night. It is Bonnet finding his way into the wall after contact with Labonte. They came down the backstretch. The two cars got together. Neil got sideways. Looked for a moment like he might save it, and the car ended up going into the wall, and now it is crawling back toward the pit. It looks like Bonnet will make it back around to his pit area, but it's the 12th caution of the day. With the cars running slowly, let's see if Ned Jarrett can hear us. He's out on the wireless. May have made his way back to the pit position, and we'll get back to him in a moment. Well, in a lap, we'll be back to racing, and it's going to go down in history as the race that nobody could believe. One lap to go. They pulled Neil Bonnet's car behind the wall. Darrell Waltrip now is back in the race. Jeff Bodine is the leader, and a quick word with Stuart Wood of Holston Distributing. They're sponsoring the Mike, Bush 500 Mike, here tonight. Mike Joy, let me have it right now and throw it down to Ned Jarrett, who is with Neil Bonnet, just had this problem. Ned? Neil, what went wrong over there? I got up under Terry and come off back straight away. We got together. 
Got me swishing down there. Next thing I know, I was up in the fence. Nothing I could do. Ronell was dejected. We were just down in Darrell Walters' pits. They had to change the entire rear gearing housing on that car number 11. They're about ready for him to go back out. The green flag waves again. Green is on, and Jeff Bodine leads the charge into turn number one. He's got Harry Gant right with him. Allison moving up on the outside, but Bodine is the leader. And with Harry Gant's car acting as a buffer between Bodine and Allison, and right behind Allison, Terry Labonte, Jeffrey trying to pull away. He'll use a lower groove than will Allison or Labonte. The way they've been running here tonight, it could be anybody's race. Ronnie Thomas might end up winning this one before the night is over. The attrition rate continues to build. We have seen everything, and now Bobby Allison slows down off turn number two as they head to Eli Gold. Bobby seemed to bobble just a bit, but now as he comes by us, he is somewhat back to speed, but not as quick because Labonte he is pulling away from him. Leaders go back into turn number one. It's Bodine in front as Harry Gant tries to get some of his distance back and chases him off the corner. Labonte is the second car back, and he is in second position. Gant gets a little high. Labonte tries to slide underneath him to tighten it up on the leader, Jeff Bodine. Third place car is Bobby Allison. They're posting Dick Brooks in fourth position, and Brooks might end up here tonight in victory lane in that chameleon sunglasses car. Can't ever tell. He's having a heck of a run, Barney. Bobby Allison's car is not working. As Bobby goes into the turn on the low side, he scoots right up toward the wall. The car looks like it's got a bad push. Gant gets in front of Bodine, muscles his way past, rips up a little right side cheap metal, and here comes Labonte after the leader in turn two. Terry comes to the high side of Jeff Bodine. Bodine sandwiched in behind Harry Gant. He has to give some room. Labonte takes over here at the Bush 500. Terry sandwiching himself right behind Gant and ahead of Bodine. So Gant right ahead. He is five laps behind. Earnhardt is five laps down. Waltrip's back in the race, but he is 87 laps behind. So Labonte's the leader. Bodine runs in second. Allison is third, and they're one, two, three on the racetrack now. Dick Brooks is fourth. He's a lap down. And Bill Elliott, three laps back, is fifth. We'll return to Bristol International Raceway. This is MRM, the Motor Racing Network. Barney, I'm reminded of the old Dick May line. He says that the night that all the 39 other cars crash, he says, that's the night I'm going to win. Well, he might wish he was in this field, but I, we're talking during the commercial with Benny Parsons. Benny, don't you just wish you were out mixing it up with these guys on Saturday night? No, 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 no. I think I have got the best seat in the house for this deal tonight. You, there is no car that's went through this thing unscathed. Everybody, everybody has either hit someone else or hit the wall. Ned? Benny, we were talking earlier about the tires that they might use. I learned while I was out on pit road there a moment ago that Goodyear has been out of right side tires for about 100 laps. They've used over 400 right side tires here tonight. They simply don't have any more to sell. Well, that's exactly what we're talking about. If the caution comes out and these guys are going to go in and put on, because that may be the last caution flag of the night. In this case, there has been 10 other caution flags, but not necessarily is it going to happen. Well, again, it's not that they have worn out that many tires. It's simply that they put on new tires during so many caution flags just to try to keep up uh, with the advantage that somebody else has had by coming in and putting on new tires. We were trying to get a word with uh, with Stuart Wood of Holston Distributors. They're the Bush Beer Distributors here and sponsor the Bush 500. And we talked before the broadcast. One thing that amazed all of us is the tremendous community support behind this race. Whether you drive through Bristol or even Kingsport or Johnson City and all the business establishments, it's uh, one restaurant has good luck Bill Elliott. One has welcome, everybody's welcome race fans. Good luck to so-and-so. And just the outpouring uh, of effort and support on the part of this town, you don't see much like it anywhere else on the circuit. You folks have really done a great job with the promotion of this race. Well, Mike, everybody... Uh 
is here tonight. The weather's held up for us, and it's an outstanding crowd that we've got here. And what you said is absolutely true. The excitement is all through the Tri-Cities area. Have you ever seen a race like this? I have never seen a race, and I was hoping that those Budweiser cars would stay up there. At least it's good to see one of them back in there running. Well, they both look like a couple of those crumpled aluminum cans that you folks managed to recycle quite a bunch of. But we're happy to have Bush involved with the Bush Pole Series, and I know that here in this area, the Bush 500 has been real good for you folks. It's been outstanding for us, and we're real proud to be here tonight. And as I said, the weather's outstanding, the crowds are outstanding. Over in the suites, we've got some excitement. It's we've just got, all good. We've got some on track right now. Jeff Bodine has slowed and has been passed by Bobby Allison, so he'll drop back to the third spot. Waltrip goes by, and Bodine may have a problem developing on the five car. Stuart, we'll let you get back to the suite down in turn one. It's been a good spot to watch the race from today. Glad to have you with us, and see you afterwards. Thanks so much. Good night. 392 laps have just been posted on the board. Here's the situation at Bristol, Tennessee. Just about half the field has had some kind of damage here this evening. Darrell Waltrip lost... A great number of laps, almost 80, I think Mike Joyce said a moment ago, behind the pit wall. Is now back on the racetrack. Neil Bonnet smacked the wall and is out. We see a, some more sheet metal coming off Richard Petty's STP Pontiac. It looks like it's been in the demolition derby. But the leader at present, as we come up to the final 100 laps here shortly, is Terry Labonte. The second-place car is Bobby Allison, and the third-place car continues to slow. That is the car of Jeff Bodine as he is coming off the fourth corner. And Neddy has not come on to pit road yet. No, he hasn't, Barney. It's a surprise. Uh, Benny Parsons, it, that car engine is blown on that thing. It just is barely running. Now the smoke really starts to come from it. He's staying out there trying to lip around. Uh, for what reason, it's hard to understand, except that maybe he wanted to make as many laps as he could. But uh, the engine is gone in that car. So it will be a short night again for a potential winner here. Jeff Bonine has had his problems as the smoke really pours now in front of Eli Gold's position. Jeff Bodine is on the low side of the racetrack. We see a flash of flame from beneath that car, Barney. But now it seems to go out just as quickly as it started as the breeze puts uh, whatever little flicker it was out. But a tough way for this evening to wrap up for Jeffrey. Now we were joking a moment ago about maybe Ronnie Thomas or hey, some of the back That might be rear end. That car is on fire as it comes down. The, the straightaway here, it could be the rear end instead of the engine on that car. He's pulling in there at the exact spot where Darrell Walter, where they changed a complete rear housing on his car. It, that had broken. The rear gearing didn't go out. It was the housing that broke on Walter's car. That's why it took so long. So now Harry Hyde and the rest of the Northwestern security people go down and swarm on that car to see if they can repair it and get it back out. Of course, the first thing you got to do is get the fire out, and then the firemen are right there. They've already done that. Yeah, all the smoke and that car was from the rear end, so they'll jack him up. He did pull in right next to the, stopped him right next to the fire truck, Ned. They did have some flame from beneath the rear of the car. Of course, the gas tank is back there, but now that that's been extinguished, they're going to set to service that car and try to make that change. Maybe, maybe that'll be the second time tonight, Mike, that he's made a timely move. He made one out on the racetrack earlier that we talked about, and that's a good time to move to pull beside the fire truck and maybe save uh, some more damage there. They have pulled Richard Petty's car into the back pits, that sheet metal that was flapping on it. I think NASCAR black flagged his STP Pontiac. They're going to have to cut some of that away. So Petty will be on the pits for a while. Only two cars are on the lead lap right now, and that is Terry Labonte and Bobby Allison. They're running about four seconds apart. Dick Brooks now moves up into the third position in the Chameleon Sunglasses car. Isn't it going to be something if he wins this race and wins the Chameleon Change Award and everything else? And the way things have gone here tonight, it could happen. 401 laps have just come up on the board. 99 to go in the Bush 500. And from Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network.
at Bristol, Tennessee, 404 laps on the board in the Bush 500, in a race that has certainly had everything here this evening. We've had 12 caution flags for starters. There are very few cars running on the racetrack, if any, that if you look at them, you don't see a wheel mark, a sheet metal bent in, or a part of a fender missing, or a hood gone, or a front end, or a rear end caved in on the car. That's the kind of race it's been here tonight. With 406 on the board, Labonte is the leader. There will be one more round of pit stops, I feel sure. We'll check with Ned with that in just a moment. Bobby Allison rides second. Those two cars are on the lead lap, running about five seconds apart. The third-place car is Dick Brooks. Riding fourth is Dave Marcus as they work their way around the racetrack, and we'll see some more pit stops coming up. Ned, there will be at least one more round, I'm sure. Yes, this is Benny down in the pits, but I think there will be one more round of pit stops before this is over, uh, before the race is over with. And uh, Ned is trying to get the wireless working again so we can go out and talk to some of these people. He's having some problems doing it. But, I, you know, guys, uh, you talked a moment ago about uh, to the distributor, the local Bush distributor here, and I've been going to races a long time, 14 years now, I have never seen anything like this town, this race, because the enthusiasm for the Bush 500 was something I'd never seen before. It was unbelievable. They sold every seat in the house here earlier this afternoon. Grandstand A, Larry Carrier, who is president of Bristol Raceway, told us that the front grandstand was sold out at 3 o'clock this afternoon, and before 6.30 this evening, about an hour before race time, they had sold every seat in the back grandstand, and I understand they sold somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple of thousand just walk-ins or stand-in only. Trouble, Richard Petty spins in turn two. The STP Pontiac comes right around. Dave Marcus goes flying through the scene. Nobody makes contact. Now the rest of the field comes by. A very slow-moving Petty in the back straightaway. The good thing is there is no more sheet metal damage to that car. Not to be humorous here, but he had just been in the pit area. Buddy Parrott and the crew took what looked to be a giant can opener to the automobile and sheared off most of the remaining sheet metal in that car. No more sheet metal damage because there's no more sheet metal. I'll tell you how crazy this race is. Five laps ago, Morgan Shepard went up in turn two and hit the wall, and he hit it pretty hard, bounced off and kept on going. Now, ordinarily, that would bring everybody in the place to their feet. And to, but to the fans, for what they've seen tonight, it was just kind of, well, so what? And, and they stayed seated. It's, I've never seen a race like this. Just a routine spin-out, as they say. 412 laps are on the board. Eli Gold can update us on some of the cars on the back straightaway that have gone out of this race. Barney, Joel Rutman's car, of course, went out quite early in the event. Phil Parsons had his problems on the front straightaway. His car is back here. Jimmy Means' car had been uh, attended to for most of the evening on the back pit area. Just recently, Ronnie Thomas has returned. So for the moment, those three cars, the 98, 52, and 66 cars we mentioned, are here on the back stretch. They go to work on Dale Earnhardt's car again as he comes back onto pit road. Earnhardt was about five laps behind a moment ago. He's going to lose at least two or three more now as the car is up on the jacks and they're working on the left side of it trying to get him back in. Of course, Earnhardt is the Winston Cup points leader here. He had a 31-point advantage coming into the race tonight. That may well, as no question about it, the front five are definitely going to jumble up quite a bit before we leave here tonight. There are 85 laps to go in the Bush 500. NASCAR driver Ricky Rudd had a great year in 1983. He set a modern-day record by winning the first three Bush pole positions, then won two Winston Cup races, his first ever. That took some smooth driving. Now here's something else that's real smooth, bush beer. Bush always goes down smooth as a mountain stream because it's brewed naturally with only classic American ingredients. So next time you watch NASCAR Smoothest, enjoy the smooth taste of bush beer. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri.
Here's Dale Earnhardt, driver of Wrangler Monte Carlo number three. Well, I think race is a word in itself. If I'm out there and on the racetrack, I want to be up front or racing for the lead, and that's a part of uh, racing in itself is being up front, and uh, up front is the place to be. Off the track, you'll find Dale in Wrangler jeans, shirts, and casual wear. Eighty-two laps to go at Bristol, Tennessee. Terry Labonte, if he wins here tonight, can emerge as the Winston Cup point leader, just 31 points behind Dale Earnhardt going into tonight's race. Bill Elliott may gain a little ground. He's the fifth-place car on the racetrack right now. Darrell Waltrip will lose some. Harry Gant, Bobby Allison have a chance to pick up some points. Neil Bonnet may backslide a bit out of his seventh spot. Ricky Rudd is eighth. Ron Bouchard is ninth. Jeff Bodine is tenth going into tonight's race in the point standings, and they've all had their share of problems. Bodine, the most serious, they're trying to fix the rear end on his car, and it looks like they have given up the chase. Yeah. Mike Joy, this is Neil Jarrett. I just went down and checked with them. Uh, Bodine was still sitting in the car, rather de dejectedly, really, that he just uh, run so hard and so long. But the rear housing broke on that car, similar to what happened on Darrell Waltrip's car, but they decided as late in the race and as long as it would take to change to complete housing, that it would just not uh, be worth it to no more than laps than they'd be able to run once they got back out there. Took Waltrip's team 87 laps to make the change. There are just 87 laps left in this race, so the decision may prove to be a wise one. A lot more damage can be caused out there on the racetrack the way we've been tonight. 422 laps on the board. Laban is the leader. Allison is second. Third is Dick Brooks, just one lap off the pace, having a good run tonight. So is Dave Marcus. He's five laps down. He's the fourth-place car. Six laps back is Bill Elliott. He's posted in fifth. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. We're at Bristol, Tennessee for the Bush 500. 426 laps on the board. Terry Labonte is the leader. Bobby Allison rides in the number two position as they are probably about six seconds between first and second position right now or about a half a straightaway here at Bristol, Tennessee. The third place car is Dick Brooks, who is a lap off the pace. Dave Marcus rides fourth and fifth is Bill Elliott, and a remarkable comeback for Elliott. Of course, the attrition rate has helped some of these cars move up there. We were just talking on the commercial break to Benny Parsons and Ned Jarrett and the rest of the crew that I think this will be the first time out of all the 21 races, which tonight is the 21st race on the schedule here at Bristol, Tennessee, that anybody that's finished a lap behind or two or three laps behind will even end up in the top ten. Benny, I don't remember any more during the year. No, I don't. The competition this year has really been something, and uh, you're exactly right. This is a night for the independents, the guys that don't usually get a good payday. If they have trouble tonight, they missed it. 429 on the board, and we'll check in with Ned to see when will the next pit stop come? Some of the guys could probably go the distance on fuel, but what do you think? Yeah, I think they can, Barney. I, I've been running up and down pit road here and sort of lost uh, track of the last time that they came in, but uh, they can go actually about 180 laps on this racetrack as far as fuel is concerned. Most of them were in on lap 369 or 370. That was the last car. Should be no problem at all then so, going uh, the rest of the way. Benny's going out to check with Dale Inman and the crew on the Piedmont Airlines car now just to confirm that. After tonight, they may want to have a new NASCAR statistic for saves, kind of like a relief pitcher gets a save in baseball. Have three or four drivers tonight, Bill Elliott, and just a moment ago, Harry Gant gets down in the corner, and the smoke roils off the tires, and is he going to spin it? Is he going to save it? Is he going to spin it? Save! And he saves it and gets off the corner, and it just another routine slip and slide on Saturday night with the stuff we've had here tonight. Well, I have to say the racetrack was in very good shape for the drivers when they came here. They did put a new asphalt sealer on it. They patched up some of the places and put down some new asphalt going into 
coming off the number two corner and going into three and four, and the drivers really liked it. It tightened the racetrack up, made the cars stick a little bit better, and it probably made them race a little bit harder. And after you get a feeling of security in the corners where the car is really sticking, I think we've seen some of the most aggressive driving here this evening that we have seen at Bristol in a long, long time on a racetrack where you usually kind of take things easy. Bobby Allison still in contention to win here tonight. And Allison probably has had about as long a career in this business other than Richard Petty as any driver who's been around. And Allison is still a winner. He won his first Winston Cup championship last year in 1983. I asked Bobby the other day, he runs probably 70 or 80 events in addition to 30 Winston Cup races. Why are you still a winning driver late in your career as opposed to some of the other guys who are still around? Well, I think desire is the biggest part of it. Experience helps me at this point. Uh, you know, it, it puts me into a situation that uh, uh, I, I can draw on my experience to to help me uh, succeed at at, uh, at what I've spent a long time doing. And uh, my uh, I think my ambition is the key that uh, that puts me in there competitively. Allison uses his experience. He does. It's on just unreal how many races that man runs a year he is on the road at least four or five nights a week flies his own superstar airplane all over the country and will run a short track almost anywhere if a promoter calls him i don't care if it's on the west coast and seattle washington or up in wisconsin or minnesota or south carolina wherever if allison can get a decent ride he'll be there and he just he feels like that keeps his reflexes sharp and he also says that's his golf game he told me the other day he said that's why i run so many races i said it couldn't possibly be the financial end of it although it's good there's no doubt about that he says it's good therapy for him certainly has proved off in his long and varied career barney hall i went down and checked with wayne king team manager for the billy hagan piedmont airlines car i thought that they would have to make another pit stop i talked to wayne he said no they can go the rest of the day so that's a story on Terry Labonte, whether Bobby Allison will elect to come in. Obviously, if Labonte stays out there, Bobby has no choice but to do the same thing and gamble. It's just whose tires will be hanging on. Allison still has a lot of distance to make up. He's about five or six seconds behind, three seconds behind now. The leader, Terry Labonte, those are the only two cars on the lead lap as there are 60 laps to go in the Bush 500. That margin is not changing, Barney. It uh, vacillates a tenth or two-tenths of a second a lap. The folks in the stands with a Timex stopwatches can see that, that it's about 3.1, 3.2 seconds. Terry will get caught in traffic. That'll hold him up for a bit. He'll get loose. Bobby will get held up in traffic. But it's about three seconds, and here at Bristol, that's not quite the length of a straightaway. As Labonte moves around Greg Sachs and comes down the front straightaway once again, Ian Allison, the car's on the lead lap. Dick Brooks, one lap off the pace. Marcus, four laps down. And Harry Gant now moves into the top five. Gant is five laps down. He's passed Bill Elliott. And uh, I can't believe that a fellow five laps down would find himself on the leaderboard, but it has been that kind of crazy night here at Bristol, Tennessee. And it's still far from being over. We've got a long ways to go. With 443 on the board at Bristol, Terry Labonte is the leader in the Piedmont Airlines car, and as we talked earlier in the broadcast, that car is so overdue to win not just one race, but several races. Dale Inman and that crew have really worked their tails off in 1984, as they have the last couple of years, to kind of put a winning team together, and it is there. They've had more than their share of little things put them out of races, but Labonte right now has a healthy advantage over Bobby Allison, but the way things have went here tonight, whether it'll stay that way or not, going to be interesting to see. With 444 left, at Bristol Raceway, 45 laps to go, and then a lot of these Winston Cup teams can just kind of wipe their brow and head off to Darlington and think about something other than uh, the Bristol Stomp, or so it's been for many of these cars tonight. That was a hit record back in the 50s, and 
Well, they've been hitting on them here tonight. Well, they're tuning, kind of tuning up for Darlington, as we said a moment ago. There's no doubt about that. There's always a slam-bang race at the Southern 500. Be much the same thing down there next weekend. But this one really has been a freakish race. I've been coming to Bristol myself since 1961 when they opened this racetrack. I, I'm like Benny Parsons. I've never seen anything to beat what we've seen here tonight. Just about everything that could happen has happened, and I wouldn't bet that it's all over yet with 457 laps on the board. We're just well, Barney Hall, excuse me. Uh, one of the drivers that helped to put on the show for a long time here tonight in Northwestern Security, car number five, is out of it. Jeff, uh, what did finally put you out? Ned, the uh, rear end housing broke. Uh, this track, like I said earlier tonight, is rough, and it's rough on equipment, and uh, the housing actually cracked and broke, and it let all the grease out. Of course, then the rear end burned up, and, uh, you know, they were going to fix it, but there's no way they can weld that housing, and it's not safe to go out the way it is, so, you know, we've got to park it, but... Uh, we were having fun. We were struggling. The, the car was too tight all night. We, we were getting it looser, and, and you know, Labonte definitely running the fastest right now. But we, you know, we were going to do the best we could. Well, it's been sort of a wild night out there. Well, last night was pretty wild, and I told everybody I sure hoped it wasn't that way tonight. But it, it has been, and uh, you know, I avoided a big accident down here in the first corner. So I guess I used all my luck up right there. But you know. Rick's at home, and I want to say hi to him and thank Northwestern Security Life for their sponsorship, and uh, we'll just come back next year and try it again. Okay, of course, we'll see you in Darlington next week. Oh, yeah, we'll be there, and, uh, you know, we'll be going for another Bush Pole, hopefully, and go for another victory. Uh, we feel good about running Darlington. The, the guys at the shop have worked hard, the engine guys, and I'm sure we'll have a good run there. Okay, Jeff Bodine, of course, out of it here tonight. Barney, it's going to be a tough vote for the Goody's Headache Award. Of course, Waltrip wanted to win that eighth straight, and uh, his car went behind the wall for rear-end problem. Now, Waltrip's back on track, and he's been running with Bobby Allison the last 40 or so laps. Allison, the second-place car. Dale Earnhardt looked like he had the race well in hand. Broke something, spun, hit the wall hard. They fixed that car. He's lost five, six, seven laps. He's running right with the leader, Terry Labonte, and both Waltrip and Earnhardt are again two of the fastest cars on the racetrack, but it's not going to do them much good. I think they ought to give every driver that finishes here tonight a wheelbarrow load of, <laughs> of goodies, headache powders, and just call it even. That's uh, would be about the best thing to do. 463 are on the board here at Bristol, Tennessee in the Bush 500. And Ned and Benny Parsons checked a moment ago, and it looks like everybody is just going to try and go the distance unless another caution flag comes out. No big advantage for any of the drivers to pit other than the front two. There are only two cars on the lead lap. Dix Brooks has lost another lap now, even though he is in second, third place, correct me, and he is two laps behind. And in the fourth place, it is Dave Marcus. He's being posted as four down and five for the fifth place car of Harry Gant. So we'll take the field you. is pretty well strung out. Sorry, we'll take you back behind there. In sixth spot, Bill Elliott. Seventh is Greg Sachs, the rookie. Eighth, Mike Alexander. Ninth is Sterling Marlin. Tenth is Buddy Arrington. Eleventh, Ron Bouchard. Twelfth is J.D. McDuffie. Thirteenth is the 88 car. That's Rusty Wallace. Fourteenth is Dale Earnhardt. Fifteenth is Clark Dwyer. Sixteenth is Ronnie Thomas. Richard Petty is seventeenth. Kyle Petty has the eighteenth position. And 19th is Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip is the last car running. He is 87 laps off the pace after changing that rear end, but he's still out there trying to pile up Winston Cup points because that point battle coming into tonight's race was so close, just 30 points between Earnhardt and Labonte for the front spot, 24 back to Bill Elliott for third, 20 points back to Waltrip for fourth, and 40-some back to Harry Gant. 
for fifth, and it will be a wholesale shakeup before we go to Darlington. Well, all five drivers that were in the top five in the Winston Cup point standings had said in the last couple of weeks that each one of those five could afford maybe one bad finish the rest of the season, and that's it. If you have more than that, you can almost just scratch yourself as being out of it. Darrell is certainly going to have his here tonight. He's going to lose an awful lot of points with that long stay on pit road and losing the rear end in his car. The attrition rate has been pretty high on a lot of drivers. Far from being over here at Bristol in the Bush 500, as the race is pretty well stabilized right now with some laps between different positions, at least back through the top ten. And the interval between first and second place, still about three, three and a half seconds, it kind of varies around the racetrack. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about some of the driver changes that will be coming up in 1985. Kyle Petty has announced that he is leaving also Petty Enterprises. There was a lot of speculation and even confirmation in some of the media around the country that Kyle would definitely drive for the Wood Brothers in 1985. He told us yesterday that may or may not happen, and I kind of pinned him down on a couple of other things about that. Really what we're doing right now is we're trying to do the best we can to finish the season out. My Uncle Morris and them, since I am more than likely going to leave Petty Enterprise, Uncle Morris and them are looking for a sponsor, looking for another driver, so we want to do as good as we can to, to help his prospects of finding another sponsor and getting a top driver in the, in the car to make it be as competitive as we can. So, uh, I mean, you know, everybody's trying to help everybody else, and uh, it's the type of deal where we're trying to run and do the best we can so that... Uh, so we can show the Wood Brothers and some of the people that, that we're doing pretty good. We're real close with our deal with the Wood Brothers right now. We should know something within the next 30 to 40 days on that deal. So uh, we feel like that, that definitely I won't be there. So we're trying to, to get everything organized so that everybody comes out good on the deal. I asked Kyle also, he was talking about that Maurice and his grandfather Lee might hire another driver to take over the reins at Petty Enterprises if they had talked to anybody. And he said they had talked to a couple of people as far as he knew, but he would not mention any names. It's just really unreal what has happened in the world of stock car racing in the last few years. The Wood Brothers have been a dynasty for so long in this sport. So have the Petties. And now all of a sudden there is not going to be a Petty in the Petty Enterprises car. Kind of hard to believe. You no, know, there's a lot of things that happen with Silly Season and as the, the sponsor dollars can become a more important aspect of this sport, it kind of changes the approach that several people have. Richard Petty talked about that today. I think it's, it is that time of season, like you say, and uh, you're going to see a lot of changes with a lot of people. You know, we've seen a lot last year, but you probably wind up seeing more this year. Uh, it's getting to be such a competitive situation that if somebody doesn't win, didn't win a race, then they feel like it's the team's fault, and the team don't win, they feel like it's the driver's fault, and, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. And even some of the boys that's won two or three races, you like to see them changing. Uh, it's just the kind of now, deal now that there, there's so many good cars out there, and I think we'll probably wind up now with more good cars and we got good drivers as far as being winning drivers right you know all these boys are good drivers they would never made it to grand national but there's a difference between being a good driver and being a winner and uh, you know it's hard to determine who's winner and who's not so a lot of the sponsors and stuff keep jumping around till they find the winner and uh, a lot of times it's not the uh the drivers or the crews that's dictating some of this stuff a lot of times it's the sponsors that dictate that uh, you know you're not doing the job if you want this deal again you're going to have to do this or, or something like it they tell the driver you're going to have to get a new crew or they tell the crew you're going to have to get a new driver so it's not a one-sided situation when you're looking at it you you always blame the driver or you blame the car owner but it's not necessarily so regardless a lot of changes in the offing for next year according to most of the people on pit road it not only has changed in the driver department, it has also changed in the crew department. And Ned and Benny, you can both comment on this. It hasn't been that long ago till you could get one of the best tire changers or some of the best mechanics in the business for 
200, 300, maybe 400 bucks a week. And now it is not uncommon for a guy that can change a right front or a left front tire to make somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 thousand dollars a year if he can, if he's good at it. Well, that's exactly right because Richard Petty mentioned it in his interview that there is a a lot more competitive teams than there used to be. Well, where are these teams going to get experienced help? They've got to go steal them from somebody else. You know, I don't know who is the, the farm league in this or the rookie league in this thing, but uh, most people come in, they want to go hire experienced people, and to do that, they simply got to pay them more money. It's going to be kind of a, interesting to see what happens. Quickly, it's 481 laps on the board, 19 to go here at Bristol, Tennessee. Lavati is the leader. Allison rides second, about three and a half seconds between those two. They're on the lead lap. Dick Brooks is third, now being posted as two laps off the pace. Riding fourth is Dave Marcus. Fifth is Harry Gant. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Seventh is Greg Sachs. Eighth is Mike Alexander. Ninth is Sterling Marlin. And riding along in tenth position is Buddy Arrington. Looks like a lot of the independent drivers going to have a good finish here tonight. We'll see how it comes out shortly. Well, we've been counting saves up here in the booth. We gave Harry Gant one about 10 or 12 laps ago, and just Kyle Petty one. He came squirrely down the front straightaway, got his car straightened out, and back in line, so credit him with a save. 13 laps to go at Bristol International Raceway, and of all the favorites here tonight, the one fellow who has overcome what adversity he was involved in when he and Dale Earnhardt came together and spun, Terry Labonte, the Iceman, just kept his cool and came marching right back up to the front of the pack. That's where he'd stayed. The gap is down to about 2.7 seconds now over Bobby Allison, but Labonte's in command with 11 laps to go. From Bristol International Raceway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. 491 on the board in the Bush 500, nine laps to go for Terry Labonte, Bobby Allison, and the rest of the field. Labonte is the leader by two and a half seconds. Allison rides along in the number two spot. They're both on the lead lap. That's a very short separation between the two. And from all the things that have happened earlier in the evening, including 12 caution flags, the last 70 or 80 laps have been relatively quiet here at Bristol. They really have, Barney. We've not had a caution since lap 360. That's 130, 125 laps ago. Let's give a call to Greg Sachs, the youngster off the NASCAR modified circuit from Attatuck, Long Island. We've told you on broadcast before that he'll go home and get up, put in a day that begins at 4 o'clock in the morning offloading produce in the docks in New York and ends about 6 p.m. It's, uh, you know, it's a 14-hour day. And then he's got to think about driving the race car on weekends. He and his dad own this. Whoa, trouble in turn number three. Gant up in the wall and off again. He bounces off and goes right to pit road and Again, the green stays out. It's another one of those routine incidents. We don't credit Harry with a save this time. He caught the wall hard, but he's come down pit road. They're going to send him right back on the racetrack. They're not even going to work him on the car with only five laps to go. He'll finish this one under green. To finish up on Greg Sachs, he's going to finish seventh here. It's his first race at Bristol. It looks like he's going to be a tired young fellow going 500 laps on this racetrack. He'll be one of the fellows that Benny Parsons may have a chance to chat with once this one is over. We have just been informed that... Darrell Waltrip has been given the Goodies Headache Award, and it is well-deserved because Waltrip looked like he might be on his way to setting a record that might stand for a long, long time, winning eight consecutive races here at Bristol, Tennessee. Had the rear-end problem, spent about 60, 70, 80 laps behind pit wall, has been back out there for the last, oh, 100 laps or so, trying to pile up as many Winston Cup points as he can. So Waltrip will win the Goodies Headache Award. 497 on the board for Terry Labonte. The separation, it's shortened up a little bit as Bobby Allison has been able to cut it down to about two seconds. Let's follow Labonte around the racetrack this time as he comes down to the line, and Harold Kinder gives him the indication, two to go. He's in turn one. Terry Labonte is still taking that same line. You've got a feel for Dale Earnhardt, who has been chasing Labonte and hanging with him for the longest time. Terry has finally let him get by, and after
Dr. Earnhardt ran so well earlier today, he watched his chance for victory go by. Labonte off turn four. Allison's got it down to about 1.7 seconds, but with the white flag out, Labonte now trailing Dale Earnhardt has but half a lap to go to take the checkered flag. Off turn two, there are a couple of cars ahead that will give Labonte some room. The Iceman cometh to turn three, and he heads for the checkers. Terry Labonte about to win. The Bush 500 comes out of turn number four. This crowd of 31,000 comes to their feet and gives the Piedmont Airlines driver a hearty ovation as he heads for turn number one, and he has won the Bush 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee. Bobby Allison will finish second, about a second and a half behind him. Third position in a good run for the chameleon car of Dick Brooks will finish in third spot, and that may be their best finish all year thus far, to my knowledge. Finishing fourth, an outstanding run for Dave Marcus also. That should tie his best effort as Harry Gant lips around and crosses the line, taking the checkered flag with a lot of smoke and sheet metal damage on the right side of that car. He has wore the walls out in both ends of this racetrack here tonight, and Gant will be credited with a finish somewhere in the top six or seven. We'll get the official rundown for you in a moment. Well, let's see if we can get a word with Dick Brooks. He's just completed his finest run of the season, bringing the chameleon car home in third spot. Dick, congratulations on a fine run this evening. Got it, radio. Go ahead, Dick. We're trying to congratulate you on a fine run this evening, bringing that car home in third spot. Go ahead, Dick. Yeah, they want to talk on this thing, or are we gonna, we're going to leave? <laughs> He's going to climb out of the car and get congratulations from Junie Donlevy and the crew, but that's quite a good run he had here tonight in the chameleon car. We'll be right back and going to Victory Lane to talk with the winner, Terry Labonte. Benny Parsons will be tracking down the runner-up, Bobby Allison, as our coverage of the Bush 500 continues. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. Terry Labonte has won the Bush 500 here at Bristol, Tennessee, in a race that the fans will talk about for a long, long time. Just about everything that could happen has happened. And let's check into Victory Lane with Ned Jarrett. Well, Barney, he hasn't brought the Piedmont Airlines car into Victory Lane as yet. They stopped by the NASCAR scales and the Union 76 pumps to fill it up with gasoline. Check that out, and they'll be weighing it. Then they'll bring, be bringing him to Victory Lane here very shortly. So we'll check and see if Benny Parsons has tracked down Bobby Allison or some of the drivers who finished second, third, and fourth. Benny? Yes, Barney Hall. I'm here with Bobby Allison, the second place finisher. Bobby, you got to feel good about tonight because your championship was a lo it was an excellent run for the championship tonight. Well, uh, right now we're more concerned with trying to win those races, and we congratulate Terry for winning tonight. Uh, the car ran real good, and, uh, you know, we thought we had a real good shot at it, but uh, late in the race, the number five cars we're in went out and uh, greased my windshield up real bad. And uh, You know, we just, uh, I couldn't see good enough to dive in there early. And uh, we really, uh, I feel like ran a good race and uh, we just got to congratulate Terry for winning. You know, Barney, I'm standing here looking at his windshield and honestly, I don't know how in the world he, he did, was able to see through it because you can hardly see inside the car from the outside. Bobby, you've been doing Grand National Racing a long time. Have you ever seen a wilder race than we had tonight? Well, I had to close my eyes about three or four times, Benny, I'll tell you. You know, they're going to ask us to vote for a Timex Timeless Move of the Race Award. I think the 40, 30 cars need to get the award because everybody missed a wreck at least three times tonight. You said it, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you, they were going this way and that way, and, uh, you know, it was really uh, it was a dodge em contest there for a while. Well, 
Folks, we're going to let, let Ned Jarrett have this in victory lane, see if he has Terry Labonte yet. Okay, they have pulled the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet in here. Terry had already walked in before they pulled it in. Terry, congratulations on a fine run here tonight. Well, thank you, Ned. You know, the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet ran awful good tonight. Uh, you know, it, I guess if you're ever lucky, tonight was the night because we had our share of good luck. Uh, but the guys just did a super job keeping us in the race and keeping the car going all night. Well, you do have some battle scars on it. Well, we sure do. Uh, you know, we kind of got tangled up down the front straightaway one time and got turned around, and uh, I thought it was all over then. Uh, but uh, we were lucky, and it didn't really hurt the car too bad, so we were able to go on. I guess it makes you really feel particularly good to win on a track. Of course, you broke Darrell Waltrip's streak here of seven in a row at Bristol, but a track as tough as this is and as tough as the competition has been. Well, you know, we've run good here uh, in the past, and we've come close to winning, but uh, it sure does feel good to be able to win here. I know Darrell had some problems tonight, and he would have sure been awful tough to beat again. Well, unofficially, Terry, this would vault you into the lead in the Winston Cup point standing, so it has a double meaning. <laughs> well, you know, we were fortunate in the point race, too. Uh, some of the other guys had some problems, uh, and, you know, there again, we were, we were just kind of lucky tonight, I guess. Okay, the entire Piedmont Airlines crew here in Victory Lane to congratulate uh, Terry and take part in the festivities here. Larry Starling, Don Shanks, and all the folks from Piedmont here. So we'll turn it back to you up there now momentarily, Barney. Ned, you may want to get a word with Dale Inman. Congratulate him on his 184th career Grand National victory as a crew chief. And let's see if Benny Parsons is caught up with Dick Brooks or one of the other drivers in this race. Mike Troy, right now I'm standing here with Greg Sachs, who had the best run of his rookie year. Uh, I don't know where you finished, but I would think fifth, sixth, or seventh, somewhere in there, Greg. What do you think about tonight? Well, I'll tell you, Benny, you know, I missed this race the first time of the year, and I've heard this was a pretty tough racetrack, and I believe it now. Uh, you know, he asked, we were talking just before we threw it down to us, Mike Joy, and Greg said, is it possible to be in the wrong place so many times in one night? How many wrecks were you involved in? Well, Benny, I'll tell you, I lost count after three, but it just seemed to go on and on, and there were so many close calls after that, I barely missed two or three also. Uh, the first race, you mentioned that you missed the first race here at Bristol. You totaled a car out on Saturday practicing, is that right? Well, that's correct, Benny. We qualified 16th. We had a part break in the right front of the car, running our last practice session, and uh, stuffed it in the wall coming off of two. Do you have another car for Darlington, or is this your Darlington car? Well, this is the car I would have liked to take to Darlington, but we've got another car we're going to bring. This one doesn't look like it's going to make Darlington. As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's going to make Richmond. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of work. I've got to give the whole credit to the crew today because they kept getting me back out there, and they're going to have to work awful hard to get this car ready again. That's it from Greg Sachs, the highest finishing champion spark plug rookie of the Challenger. All right, we'll see if uh, Benny Parsons can get a word with Dick Brooks before we leave the air, and we'll check back with Ned Jarrett and Victory Lane with Dale Lemon in just a moment. Back at the Bristol International Raceway, let's go back to Victory Lane and Ned Jarrett. Dale Lindman is the crew chief on the Piedmont Airlines Chevrolet. Dale, you got to feel a, a great feeling of accomplishment here tonight, seeing this car in Victory Lane after such a tough race. Well, Ned, we certainly are fortunate to be here because uh, we're in a pretty bad wreck, and of course, uh, we'll just take it any way we can get it. But uh, last time we put, it, put on tires, we had to put on scuffed tires because Goodyear ran out, and. Uh, uh, we wasn't running as good as we wanted to be right there at the end of the race, but we was running good enough to win it, and we'll take it any way we can get it. But uh, we we're all real fortunate to be here. Well, this afternoon in practice, everybody was thinking that your car, the 44 car, and the car number 11 of Darrell Walter was among the faster ones, and it sort of worked out that way here tonight. Yeah, and uh, we had trouble keeping up with the tires because they used so many here tonight, and they had so many cautions. But uh, 
the car worked super, and I think I think Terry drove real hard all night, and uh, we was fortunate to get through that accident when we was trying to get the lead from Earnhardt and spun up there in front of the whole pack, you know, at full speed. So uh, uh, this this win, we really needed it bad because that uh, that winter circle deal is going to be something next year, and of course this helped the scores. Uh, towards the championship points, and uh, boy, it's still tight, but uh, we're going to hang in there all we can. Well, with two wins now already this year, of course, they won the Budweiser 400 at Riverside, California back in May, so you're sort of cashing in on these Anheuser-Busch uh, sponsored races, and they were your sponsor last year. Well, we're not, uh, we'll take anything we can get. Uh, the last uh, three races we've run, we've run a third, a second, and now a first, so I don't know what it'll go to at Darlington. I hope we just stay on top it and run first for the rest of the year, but I know uh, there's a lot of guys going to have a lot to say about that. Well, Dale, congratulations on a super run. You had that car working very well all night here. Thank you very much, Ned. Ned, while you're right there, let's get your nomination for the Timex Timeliest Move of the Race Award. Well, I saw Jeff Bedine with two of those uh, tonight, uh, Mike Joy, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier. He really made a super move out on the racetrack to keep from crashing into turn one wall down there, and then when he came into the pits with the rear gearing on fire, he made a very timely move to pull right beside the fire truck so they could get it out without further damage. So my nomination is going to go to Jeff Bodine. Eli? I'm going to have to echo that one, Mike. Uh, when Jeff Bodine had uh, himself in close quarters up in turn two, Clark Dwyer was there in a traffic jam with Jeffrey, and Jeff had to make a bit of an evasive move to keep it pointed in the right direction. He managed to do that, so I'll nominate Jeff Bodine as well. See if Benny Parsons is still on the line. Mike Joy, I want to give my vote for the fellow that I'm standing with right now, Dick Brooks. Dick, great run tonight in the Chameleon Sunglasses Ford. Third place. Timeliest move I know. I'll tell you. <laughs> well, you know, the timeless move I'm giving you is you missed every wreck there was out there. Or did you? Or were you in some wreck? Yeah, I hit three or four of them. I just never did. One of them didn't knock me out, you know. I was lucky. We, we got uh, involved in the thing with Petty up here, and then uh, uh, the first one over on the front straightaway. But uh, unfortunately, nothing happened to us. So, you know. We finished one. Jenny and the boys just did the greatest job you could ever think of. They uh, they pitted the car, got it in and out. Uh, we made two or three, four tire changes uh, with no trouble, you know, so that uh, helps a lot. You know, Jenny Donlevy just told me it was the longest 2,000-mile race he'd ever been in. Yeah, this is Monday, isn't it? I think this thing started two days ago. Yeah. So my vote goes for Dick Brooks and the Chameleon Sunglasses Ford. Barney, I'll have to cast a vote in Richard Petty's direction. I think experience is the only thing that can teach you how to drive a car backwards at 110 miles an hour down the front straightaway with five cars wide aiming in your direction. And when Richard spun the car and came down the front stretch, he got the car sliding one way, got off the brake at just the right time and cranked the wheel so it would come back the other way and stay out of way of traffic. That, that would get my nod. Well, there are so many drivers that was certainly be worthy of nominating tonight for the Timex Timeliest Move. I'd kind of have to go with Terry Labonte because Labonte... When sometimes when you get turned around backwards here and skid off the wall and you feel like things are going to go up in smoke early in the race and keep your cool and come back and win it, you kind of have to vote for a guy like that. But I, I think I would vote for Terry Labonte, but it looks like that Jeff Bodine is going to come away the winner with the Timex money here tonight for the timeless move of the race. Well, there are a lot more candidates than we have broadcasters on MRN tonight, but uh, we'll award Jeff that $500 from Timex for the timeliest move of the race. Brooks will take some more of his sponsor's money home. He wins the Chameleon Change Award for improving his position the most in the race, and we'll take a look at the finish after we tell you that Tuesday night on NASCAR Live, NASCAR Winston Cup competition director Dick Beatty will be Eli Gold's guest at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on most of these MRN stations. And a week from Tuesday, Dale Earnhardt, the driver of the Wrangler Chevrolet, will be the guest on NASCAR Live. So 
tune into that, and we're going to head for Darlington. And in the meanwhile, let's take a look at the finish of tonight's Bush 500. Well, of course, Terry Labonte is the winner, finishing second. Bobby Allison, third to Dick Brooks, fourth to Dave Marcus. Harry Gant will finish fifth. Sixth is Bill Elliott. Seventh is Mike Alexander. Eighth is Sterling Marling, finishing ninth will be Greg Sachs. The 10th position will go to Dale Earnhardt, 11th to Tommy Gale, 12th position to J.D. McDuffie. Good run for a lot of the independents tonight. Finishing 13th is Buddy Arrington. 14th will go to the 47 car of Ron Bouchard. 15th position to Clark Dwyer. 16th position looks like it'll be Ricky Rudd. 17th is Richard Petty. Finishing 18th tonight in the Bush 500 will be Trevor Boys. Finishing 19th is Morgan Shepard. 20th spot will go to rookie driver Rusty Wallace. Finishing 21st, Darrell Walter. Finishing 22nd, Jeff Bodine. 23rd spot will go to his teammate, the other Budweiser car of Neil Bonnet. Finishing 24th, looks like Kyle Petty. 25th position to Tim Richmond. 26th to Phil Parsons. 27th to Ronnie Thomas. Finishing 28th is Tommy Ellis. 29th to Joe Rutman. And 30th spot will go to Jimmy Means. And Barney, if that uh, order finish holds up, it looks like we'll have a new Winston Cup point leader going to Darlington. Terry Labonte will move into the point lead, taking it over from Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt led Labonte by 31 points, depending on who leads the most laps here tonight. Well, at least... Uh, Labonte would take 41 points away from Earnhardt, and that would be enough to give him the point lead. So it'll be a whole new ball game when we go to Darlington next week with Bush Pole qualifying Wednesday, the Comfort Coach 150 on Friday, the Late Model Sportsman 200 that Saturday. And, of course, remember, if you're headed for Darlington, it's a new day for the Southern 500 this year. It's always been run on Labor Day, but if that race rains out, then you've got to wait a week to come back and see it. So they've moved the race to Sunday. And that way, Monday, Labor Day, will be the rain date so everybody can stay over and see it if necessary. So Sunday will be the Southern 500. And if you can't be there, we'll bring it to you on MRN. Well, we understand that just about all the tracks who have races coming up in September will have their ticket office open seven days a week, including Martinsville and Richmond and Dover and, of course, Darlington Raceway. So if you plan to attend any of those Winston Cup events, it'd be a good idea to get your reserved seats in advance, far in advance as you can. Complete sellout tonight here at Bristol, a stand-up crowd of 31,000. Well, our thanks to Eli Gold to cover the action on the back straightaway. Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons are two grand national champions that covered the action uh, on pit road for us. And what a lot of action there was here tonight. Also, our thanks to Martha Mew and Louise Frazier on the scoring loop. Rick Burgle and Nelson Crozier on the two-way radio hookup with Dick Brooks. For Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Terry Labonte on his Bush 500 victory. We'll speak to you next Saturday from Darlington with the Sportsman Race and next Sunday with the Southern 500 on most of these MRN stations. The Motor Racing Network's coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series from the Bristol International Raceway has been sponsored by Anheuser-Busch, Brewers of Bush Beer, Head for the Mountains of Bush, by STP Corporation, Depend on Proven Performance, STP, your car care company, by Pontiac, at Pontiac, we build excitement, by Wrangler Brand, live it to the limit in Wrangler, by Skull, moist smokeless tobacco, a pinch is all it takes, by Piedmont Airlines, the up and coming airline. By Levi Garrett Chewing Tobacco. Time after time, the quality comes through. By Gatorade Thirst Quencher. Give your body what it's thirsty for. By Timex Watches, the official timepiece of NASCAR. By Union Oil Company. The winning spirit rides with you every time. By Chameleon Sunglasses. 
the official NASCAR sunglasses, and by Ocean's 11 Resorts on beautiful Daytona Beach. The general manager of the Motor Racing Network is John McMullen, chief engineer Brian Cooper, director of affiliates Mark Garrow, assistants Bobby Cantor and Pat Hensley. This is Rick Lewis asking you to stay tuned to most of these stations for the Darlington 200 and Southern 500 Saturday and Sunday from the Darlington International Raceway next week. This broadcast was a presentation of MRN, the Motor Racing Network, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.